Welcome back to The Postscript, the podcast about films where the discourse ended with an ellipsis rather than a period. I'm Chris Hall. I'm Sebastian. And this is Mateo. <laughs> milking that, milking that every time. And on this podcast, we will be reassessing films of recent memory where the discourse was left unsettled. We will try to provide more definitive takes on films that generated a lot of buzz upon release, but their reputations have since become murky, or maybe they've just fallen through the cracks altogether. Movies that make you ask, where are they now? This month on the pod, we have been covering all of the Star Wars feature films released in the post-Disney acquisition era. We began the month with, with Rogue One, Star Wars Story, and then last week we followed it up with the second and only other anthology film, Solo, A Star Wars Story, where we felt that the movie was pretty mistreated and taken for granted in a lot of ways. And at, at the very least, it's competently made. It has extremely uh, charismatic and eminently watchable performances. And even if the like kind of connect the dots IP storytelling, you know, kind of kind of rubs you a, a little bit the wrong way. It's still pretty earnest with its with its nostalgia. And it somehow also exists in a space that no other Star Wars film does, which is very interesting. And this week, we're doing something we've never really done on this show before, because on this podcast, we every episode, for all intents and purposes, has two halves. We'll begin the episode with a, a spoiler-free conversation that kind of sets the table for our rewatch of selected film. We will talk about, you know, uh, we'll kind of give like an oral history of the movie and be like, okay, like, this is, well, this is how it was received when it first came out. This is kind of its reputation as of today. These were our personal experiences with the film if we've seen it at all, and then what are what our expectations are for a rewatch, and then we kind of take a little break, and then we come back after with a deep dive, spoiler-filled conversation about the film, what we thought about it, like in, like this year, you know, removed from expectations of the moment, and where we feel, you know, the film should lie in our culture in the year 2023, nowadays, you know, we're putting a period on the discourse. We're doing something different this week, with, with the sequel trilogy, right? Because these, these are the last three films remaining in, in the Disney Star Wars era because, frankly, you can't talk about one of these films without talking about the other two, right? Because, and this is why we're doing Star Wars Month in general, You like, the way these films are viewed and received are largely informed by what came before them and what came after. And the legacies of these three films, especially this sequel trilogy, they are all in conversation with one another, right? So like we said, you can't talk about one without talking about the other two. So we are going to work our way through all in this episode. This entire episode will solely be the pre-watch for this, for our eventual rewatch of the sequel trilogy. So we will be setting the table for these three films, re-watching them, and then next week we will release our full-blown <laughs> deep dive of these three films, of the sequel trilogy as a whole, in uh, in the year 2023, right? So we're just, we're just, you know, getting ready for re-watching these films on this episode. So we're going, we're going to start at the top. We're going to kind of work our way through from Force Wings to Last Jedi to The Rise of Skywalker which are three of the most, again, like I said in my opening spiel, movies that received a lot of buzz in the moment. There are a few other films in this century that have undergone more discourse than these three films. Maybe the most. I was say, no Maybe chance. No chance these fell through the cracks. <laughs> these did not fall through the cracks. These, uh, there are still battles being fought to these to this day over these films, right? Both skirmishes out. You'll, you'll look out in your backyard and you might see two people fighting over it. Yeah. <laughs> And no other films fell victim to 
the expectations for them, maybe more than these movies, you know, of what the fans quote unquote wanted, which is a theme we will be returning to quite a bit. So that being said, let's start at the beginning. Uh, as as Spider-Verse would say, all right, let's do this one last time. <laughs> <laughs> let's do this one last time. Uh, uh, the Sam, Big Bang. How about, yeah. <laughs> how about, yeah, how about you take us back to, to the Big Bang of, of Disney acquiring Lucasfilm and, and the announcement of new movies that came after that. Just take us, take us back to, when was that, 2012? When did that happen? Yeah, about 2012. I mean, this is like around the time of like the Avengers coming out, you know, Right. It's just, you know, much happier times than you think about it. You, know, you look back in the world, the world seemed a little <laughs> simpler not times. Not so bad. I couldn't have been happier back then. I mean, the Avengers had come out. I had watched that like three times in theaters. I was just like high on life when it comes to Marvel. And then Star Wars all of a sudden. And, you know, I wasn't plugged into, um, you know, movie Twitter or like any of the internet stuff going on. Like, I. Right. I, I wasn't involved in post credit scenes or like have any knowledge of them. I was just kind of enjoying the movies. I mean, this is kind of the beginning of the end in a lot of ways for uh, the conglomerate that Disney uh, was building. But yeah. at the same time, you know, the, the announcement was unreal. And I mean, the energy it produced when they, it, it was like simultaneous. Like I said, we bought, you know, Star Wars and yeah, like we're doing seven, eight, nine, like we're doing an entirely yeah. new trilogy. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I slept that that day. Um, it because I mean I was fully enthralled in Star Wars at that point, and I it was a pipe dream that that to get you know episode seven, much less you know three new movies because uh, George said you know in the end he didn't have plans to make anymore that like, the saga was complete. Mm -hmm. So, anyways, the, the next big announcement would have been the casting. They were keeping their cards close to their chest, and I do remember the the casting announcement. And a lot of them were new new actors. I mean, at the time, like Adam Driver was not nearly as big of a name as he is now, obviously. Oh, like no. Adam Driver, John, John Boyega, and then Daisy Ridley. And Daisy being like, the, I think, the best example of like a who? Yeah. You know, like genuinely. <laughs> a true no name. First like feature film, basically. Like that wasn't like yeah. a student film. You know, and it, which is like insane. You, you, that, I don't know the last time. It's probably the biggest no name casting ever, to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, certainly this, this century. It, yeah. The, the only one that I, the only other one I can think of maybe on that scale was, was Rachel Zegler being cast in West Side Story after like she yeah. literally hadn't been in anything else. Like, she seems she right. submitted like an unlisted YouTube link of 3,000 people and got picked. But, Yes, but uh, but that's not Star Wars. That's not Star Wars. Yeah, no, yeah, no. And Star Wars uh, has a history so, of casting no names. I mean, I mean, it's not like Mark Hamill was like an A lister in The New Hope, you know? Like, no, 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 absolutely. Yeah, but this was this was Star Wars now, where it's like it's known as this massive thing. Where I think oh, yeah. they were much more delicate with it now, rather they than could get then, maybe they like, they let's wanted. take a swing every single time. And I right. think I think it's worth pointing out with the prequel trilogy, you know, you were getting Hayden Christensen, who was not you know, an established star at the time. Mm -hmm. But even though you were making, even though you were casting new people, you were still working with familiar characters. So like, mm -hmm. right. yeah, you and McGregor, maybe you haven't, maybe you're not a train spotting fan, but you know, <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, right. And same thing with Hayden, you know, you know, Anakin Skywalker, you know, you know, Darth Vader. So you kind of know where these characters are headed in, in the sequel trilogy everything is uncharted waters basically exactly so 
every time you bring in a new young actor, that person is going to be playing a completely original character, which that's just kind of what Star Wars brings to these these kind of things. Everything was an announcement, you know, these days where it's like a TV show, people will announce something. It's like whatever. But back then, every single new piece of detail was like we gotta talk i'm gonna go to work i'm gonna go to school i'm gonna talk about this with everybody <laughs> you would have people on like yeah it's, it's like the today show would be talking about this stuff and now it's just like yes oh like ign tweet you know like that's that's all you're getting right? yeah. with, with announcements i mean people like close closer to the release of the movie like when when lego announced their new line of the force awakens sets like people were looking at the sets and speculating about the plot of the movie based on these lego sets like and then eventually we get that first teaser, right? What, what are your guys' memories with, with that first teaser? I was on a family vacation. I was up in some cabin in the woods. And it gets dropped in like sometime in the morning, I think. And I, mm. I, you know, I see it like on my phone. And I just like, I walk over to my, my room. Because I, did, I didn't, I didn't want to be disturbed when watching it. I was just like, I want to experience it and just feel the mm-hmm. emotions. And I think I screamed at the end just because <laughs> it ends with the Falcon doing like the big turn mm-hmm. and it has the classic theme. I mean. It, it, and we've talked about this already in previous episodes, but like the Star Wars trailer, especially in the Disney era, I could watch those endlessly. I mean, they're some of the best trailers of all time. I mean, from that first, you know, that first wide of the desert and then, you know, John Boyega pops into frame. Oh, God. Like, the the excitement levels. And this this teaser was dropped. Like, it felt like an eternity before the movie was going to come out. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah. I think, a full year. It was a full year yeah. before the movie was coming out. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like around Thanksgiving, it felt like an event. You know, even, e- even just with the teaser, like, people were already, like, Specu- like discussing like oh like how does kylo ren's lightsaber work like yeah even like the mere idea of having a cross guard on a lightsaber was blowing people's minds like yeah <laughs> it, it's so it's so hard to understate and we already said it but i'm gonna say it again how much the release of the force awakens was picked apart like yes every single thing in that teaser like people it it was like it was you know, like that one person more than anything else yeah yeah, like the it's like the guy eating ribs who's like gonna peel off every last little <laughs> and then suck the bone like, dry, you know. Like yeah, yeah, there will be nothing left. Like, I mean, it was it was a special time, I think, to be a Star Wars fan. Like, yeah, I mean, it, it was. Just, a true I don't life. think I've seen. I don't think I've seen that level of excitement for anything. Maybe Endgame. Maybe yeah, Endgame. Endgame is 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 probably the other one, you know. But like, but but in that, it's such a it's such a different beast because again, this one's a. Yeah, this one's the beginning of something, the other one's the ending of something. You know, Endgame was riding exactly. the high of 20 other films, you know, and like I, that I would still put Force Awakens higher, like in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, it's Endgame a close did, race. And Endgame did make more money, but like, yeah, but it, it's, but there was but, a mystique. There was a lot of mystique. But the mystique, like, the mystique of Force Awakens made it more special. There was, for, for Force Awakens, you were doing the like, oh, have you seen the teaser yet? And then you pull out your phone and you show it to someone. Like, you were like, right. Yeah, like, like everyone was just buzzing together about it, right? But yeah, right. It, th- those trailers are like colossal, like like landmark moments. It almost feels like for, for our culture, like it. Again, we all history, we always remember yeah. where we were, right? 
Right. Those were really, right. really special. I mean, the second one, I remember where I was, where it's like it shows Han and Chewie for the first time. And he says, Chewie, we're home. Like, you know, you're just Chewie. like. We're home. <laughs> It, it was perfect marketing. I mean, like just 100%. Pitch perfect. No, I, yeah. I, I fully agree. And so, so we talked about, you know, like the way the movie was cast and the kind of teasers and the ramp up for it. But obviously, we, before we get into the release of this film, we have we have to acknowledge the the, the, the man at the front of, 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 of all of this, J.J. Abrams, yes. right? So yes. the thing about J.J. Abrams is that he is like almost the postscript director. You're like, we could honestly maybe do all, all of his films is the thing, right? And so he, yeah. he in many ways, was a logical choice for this film because he was also responsible for for rebooting the Star Trek franchise in 2009, which was, uh, I mean, it, you know, it's not like that. Those weren't cranking, you know, cranking billies. Those weren't making a billion dollars, but they were very well received by critics, you know? And it like, it he mm -hmm. updated a kind of dormant but beloved franchise for the modern day, for the new generation, in, in a very successful way, right? So it, 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 he he was a logical selection, right? But I say that he's kind of like the postscript director, you know, because the consensus on J.J. Abrams uh, as, as a talent is very far from unanimous, right? I mean, there are people who will genuinely use words like hack and fraud to describe him, you know, and consider him to be like, like discount Walmart Spielberg, right? Like, and honestly, I think, <laughs> and I think pretty broad and such harsh pejoratives are like, not only unfair, but kind of absurd in a lot of ways, you know, and, and I understand having some critiques of his filmmaking, but his utter success as a filmmaker on both uh, critical mm -hmm. and financial levels, like, is is undeniable and that's something and once we get to the release of this film we'll kind of circle back to that thought right mm -hmm. so he also felt like a very natural choice not just because of that success that he had but because everything about jj abrams i mean you look at the guy and you're like oh yeah that guy's probably like an obsessive star wars <laughs> you know that right? guy has a star wars film in it i'm like yeah you just take one look <laughs> at him like you you just know like he he was somebody who was approaching this with so much reverence like mm -hmm. For the especially, I mean, not especially, exclusively for the original trilogy. And I think in 2015, if there's anything that people wanted, it was a, a Star Wars movie that felt like a return to the originals that wasn't going to be, you know, like filled with computer generated characters that wasn't going to have like long talking scenes about, you know, trade routes and taxation. Like, you know, it sounds like it sounds like a joke now because the prequels have been so like revisited and, and reclaimed and revitalized and reclaimed. But like, like JJ Abrams was like kind of the promise of a new star Wars movie as far away from the prequels as you could possibly imagine. Like right. 100%. So, such a big deal, such a big deal about how he was like, he had all these like props and these like mechanical like creatures and everything was going to be real. He's shooting on film. Like, this was yeah. If he could this have built a, a like a like full like a fully functioning Millennium Falcon that could fly, he would have like he if he could have done that, he would have done it. Yeah, I'm pretty have. sure they came, came pretty close. Besides the flying part, I mean, they, they yeah. built it like <laughs> no seriously. And I think it was interesting. Like I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but you know, he was such a safe choice that he kind of became the guy for Rise of Skywalker. 
as yeah. they started to run out of of ground beneath their feet and they had to finally make that movie <laughs> so the hype couldn't have been higher right again it was like the moment tickets released it's like you had you had to be on your game right you had had to be reserving those yonsons had to be getting those i i, I assume we were all there like, opening night opening week oh that was crazy on. i mean they chose the perfect time period during the year to release these movies you know families getting together like everybody kind of wants to experience this as a unit yeah. you know yeah. friends and family are all just like all generations are interested and invested yeah, yeah. so like star wars had kind of like claimed christmas in the new year which is kind of crazy <laughs> like I mean, and that, that's I, actually one thing I, how I, I was thinking about this how was star wars kind of viewed like, like, what was its legacy in, like, 2014 or 2015 leading up? Because we have right. the original trilogy is one of the most revered. legendary and revered trilogies ever. We get the prequels, which, like, uh, I mean, it's maybe for the best the internet wasn't what it was when those came out, right? Because that, yeah, that, that was met with, with, some, uh, with some hate, some hostility, you know? But, again, even by 2014-15, there was still some, some reclamation. And I know our generation who... For, you know grew up with the prequels in a way we had some nostalgia for them we had a lot of love for them but the again after Re revenge of the sith in uh it was 2005 yes yeah okay. in 2005 so it had been 10 years since we had you know gotten a star wars feature film all we had gotten was just was just was just the clone wars series yeah it felt like 20 though like <laughs> like like yes. it might as well have been 20 there there was a really weird sense of like it's been forever since we've last got a Star Wars yeah. thing. Uh, and, and like, I know we had the Clone Wars, but like the franchise was dormant. And that's something I want to emphasize before we get right. into this yes. movie hitting theaters is that this was a just like, it was still mostly hollowed ground, even if the prequels tainted it a little bit. But like, like we said, this was a, it, it, it was kind of on its way to just becoming more of just a like beloved relic as opposed yes. to just like an active fan base. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, People and for what it's worth, people were hungry. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, you know, George Lucas would like flirt with ideas. Like, he had this idea for like a Star Wars underworld show that never really got off the ground, which kind of transformed into Mandalorian a little bit. Yeah, but like there were things in the air that like people were like desperate to be true, and like you know, all we would get if we were lucky was like occasionally a video game, occasionally. You know, the book, the book publishing was still pretty strong, but like even, even the games were like in a pretty dire state until the Disney acquisition. Right. So, you know, Disney acquires it. They instantly, the rumors start to swirl and, and, you know, eventually they announce that they're making a new one. They start with a new show on Disney XD, shout out Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like it, it felt as a Star Wars fan, it felt like we're get, we're getting the Marvel treatment. Like this, like this franchise is going to be truly alive again. Yeah, and I, I want to say that it wasn't completely clean the the transference between you know George Lucas and, to Disney because they made the decision to kind of make all the books and the games and all that lore basically mute. They 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 said all that. Oh, uh, they the made all the pretty much everything that wasn't the films not canon, right? Yeah, yeah they, they, they it called it canon. legends. The the Star Wars truthers at the time were not happy. They were like, I forgot oh, about so that. Yeah. basically all that research, everything that we put our time and you know 
money into like that it doesn't mean anything it's just a bunch of like, yeah what happened to my caravan of courage yeah there's <laughs> that and you know all of a sudden like daisy ridley is, is just gonna be basically a, a jera made transplant like they're, they're just gonna be <laughs> imposing that on her you know there's it's wow, just I'm sorry that's a name i haven't heard in a long time so oh my no, god <laughs> no but I'm, this is what i mean though that like they the baggage they impose the baggage on the actors and the characters. They were betting on themselves too to get rid of all that and be like, no, this is Star Wars now. It's like, oh, okay, okay. Right, and at the time, and I still kind of do like respect that decision to be like, listen, like we're kind of doing a hard reset here. Like we we want to just go by the movies and just kind of create our own story here, our own lore, like, and don't force all this homework. And eventually, you know, they start going back and be like, Clone Wars and rebels and all these things like you have to watch them now um <laughs> but at the time it was just an i, I like the reason i like feeling like okay everyone can right. kind of get on board watching the six movies mm-hmm. right we're, we're getting near the release right and the release we're, date we're, of the we're almost at december 16th we're, 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 <laughs> we are almost there and the thing is is that equal to like remembering where you were when the trailers came out i I remember where I was when all the critic embargoes lifted on the films and, and, and when the reviews dropped, because I vividly remember being in 6.50 a.m. in high school, sitting in my first period, and I remember the, the embargo on Force Awakens lifted, and I was obviously excited. I had seen all the trailers, but like the movie became real for me in that moment, and I yeah. was like, oh, this is this is something that is coming out and something that, like, I'm going to get to experience because I, I won't get you know too deep into it. But simply put, like I, again, I fired up Rotten Tomatoes at 6:50 in the morning. I was like a 98%. I was like, yo, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you have critics you simply saying like, this movie is everything you could ever want it to be. Like this movie is like, rushing. like I like I haven't felt this way since I was in the theater for A New Hope. You know, like they were saying everything yeah. we could have ever wanted to hear, and I was like, oh my god, I was like like star wars is about to be back like that like that it was that point is when it hit me and i was like right this is and, and this usually happens a week or two before release yeah this is interesting this is interesting that you're you're saying this because i reviewed embargoed myself for these <laughs> all five of the disney star wars movies i did not read a single review or Holy look smokes. at a single piece of social media until i watched them the only wow. one I did that for was Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> I literally saying Because <laughs> I was, I, I was, I, I think you two, we were in disbelief. We were like, oh, they probably I was, didn't get it. I was too it. nervous. <laughs> I was too nervous. Yeah. <laughs> but no, Force Awakens, so right. I was like, I, I got to see what they say first. Like, I, I got to like kind of yeah. mentally prepare myself for what I'm walking into. And to make it feel real, like you said, like you want to kind of feel like, Oh, this ticket that I already bought is actually exists. <laughs> no, no, literally. Like this is a movie that is yeah. exists. Because again, it's like there's so much mystique. It's like, is this a real thing? You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's so interesting that, that we came with and and you know, obviously when I got out of the movie, and not to get too ahead of myself, and I heard all the reviews, finally yeah. I was like, you know what? I think it's okay for me to look at reviews now that I already watched it. Yeah. And sure. everybody's like, Oh, everyone agrees with me. This feels good. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. I mean, it, uh, what did you see? December 16th? Yeah, 16th, 17th, 18th, one of those days. In that range, yeah. I just want to make sure at this, during 2015 era, was this before we could reserve specific seats? 
Like that's you were that's right. It was right? for me. I I had me. to reserve my seat because <laughs> I was sitting in the second row. Okay, and I was like free. Okay, yeah. I I think the movie that I went to, like it was still like we got had to get in line. Oh, like, there was like oh, me too. Yeah. This it was around this time too that we transitioned from getting there early to just like oh yeah I, like I I was on my phone at five Eastern time. I got us tickets, you know, like before that. Yeah, right? I, this this movie kind of helped maybe fully transfer over into just reserving specific seats. You know, like yeah. that was kind of the final push. Where that's were true. Like, you know, I, I bought my ticket like the moment it came out. Why am I sitting front row? No, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't think a movie up until this point had needed maybe like a required like you know like reserving tickets like this you know it's like the avengers was big but it wasn't like people weren't anticipating it wasn't that this. to be what it was and it's yeah. like there's age of ultron there's oh no world but none of them are force awakens no. i was i'm i'm sorry guys i was uh i was camping outside the theater like four hours before my show <laughs> no, dude, no, I, go, yeah. yeah like we and you know what's we crazy hours there was still there was still a line like wrapping around Dude, the yeah. entire mall. It was crazy. When I got there, absolutely like surreal. And when I yeah. when I got out of the theater, you yeah. you you step out. We we I think we we went to see it at seven o'clock. You know, step out at like nine thirty or so. Right. And the line is like wrapping all the way around, going down the stairs. Like it, it, there have been probably not that many people in that mall since that day. <laughs> at, any, at any point in time like that was that was their peak and it has been downhill ever since like i'm getting I, like i'm getting so really surreal it was right now i don't i don't think i've like i'm trying to think the last time i felt that that buzz in a theater since like a star wars film i mean i guess endgame a bit I'll, honestly i think barbenheimer night was the last time i felt like this type of excitement in a theater utter you know? buzz of just like, like entire ev- ev- everyone's here for the same reason and we're all excited it's like i haven't yeah uh, i really i mean that. the it, only thing that really beats it it has to be phantom menace because you literally sure. have people intense outside of, of <laughs> yeah uh, of Talk the about theaters like yeah a week before because you couldn't yeah. even buy the ticket online so like you just had to be there yeah wow. i mean That's th- that was so the thing right. is like this this was our generation finally getting getting the experience seeing like a long time ago in a galaxy far far away like on the yeah. big screen. No, literally, dude. That mystique of seeing that you're just like you get goosebumps as soon as it appears, and you're just you you can't. I mean that that to me is honestly when it became real. When you see yeah. that, yeah. and you're like, oh, I'm in. Like I mean, people people yeah. were like, you know, everybody applauds for like their little moment in the movie. People were applauding for the Lucasfilm logo, not even the <laughs> genuinely. People were Those cheering for the like, Lucasfilm logo, like and, and bro, and, and when the first line of the opening crawls, Luke Skywalker is vanished. It's like, like this, like, <laughs> oh my god! No, no. Like, I I will still claim like best first line of any of the credits easily. Like yeah. you know, like you want to talk about getting people's interest and like interest, literally. In, you know, that like, is you, 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 you oh hit it with gosh. that kind of a banger. And and so, and, and now now we have to dive into it. Upon release, this movie was, and it did, everything Lucasfilm and Disney could have ever hoped and could have ever wanted it to be and could have been re- it received in any way, right? It was universally yeah. loved by both fans and critics equally, right? Like, it, it, yeah. everyone agreed. Like, Matteo said, he was like, oh, they agree with me. Yeah, it was that simple. It was simpler times. It grossed over $2 billion and still sits as the fifth highest grossing film of all time. And like I said... It made the entire world fall back in love with Star Wars. I, I 
a borderline yeah. dormant franchise. It it did like I want to say it did the impossible, but that is a monumental feat that that it achieved at the time. It was the second highest grossing film of all time, right? It was, uh, it, it was third. It, it was behind Titanic and Avatar. But oh, Titanic, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's I think it's still the highest domestic ever. I'm I'm actually not sure about that, but yes. it, it did it did get that. Um, which is very and adjusting if you adjust for inflation, it's still in the top ten, which is like yeah. a pretty massive yeah. achievement. Yeah, very few in the in the two bill club. And the movie it captured everything we loved about the original trilogy and infused it with new characters, a new energy, new filmmaking sensibilities too. I mean, to call it like a slam dunk would it's a gross understatement, right? Like it, like yeah, it. <laughs> I won't say it changed you, the world, but like it, it, it kind of. It, it did. It kind of did, yeah. I mean, you had Obama literally going, I don't know if Star Wars, <laughs> you know? I, I, I forgot about that. That's so funny. And especially, again, especially with that final scene of finally finding Luke and the reveal of the character we've been searching for all movie. Like, it had all of us on, like, our... Not only did we love the movie, it had us on, like, our hands and knees, just, like, begging for the next film as soon as possible. Yeah. Cliffhanger to angle cliffhangers. No, truly, truly. And just, like... And we don't have to go into our experience with the movie post-2015, but just, like, that opening... Like, what was that night like for you guys, seeing that film? I mean, there was the clapping that we were talking about. I was... I don't think I've ever been happier watching a movie. Like, <laughs> I just, I vividly remember, I like for five seconds, I detached from the film and I was like, they're doing it. Like, they're doing it yeah. right now. Like, I this, I can't, like, they're just doing the thing. But, but yeah. No, and it was just like, it was the fact that, we, and we talked about, like, it was like practical effects. Like, every, mm-hmm. it was a perfect mix, mix of like this, the amazing new technology and practical. And it, it was like Star Wars. I mean, it just, it hadn't looked better. Like this was the best looking Star Wars movie at the time, and um, by the time it and I mean it flew by, it flew by. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it could have been thirty minutes for me or less. Like yeah. by the time it ended, I like it went to credits. I actually like cried. Like I just started crying. <laughs> yeah, seat. yeah. And this is this is one of the few times that's ever happened to me. Um, I think the other time was like twelve years a slave, <laughs> where I just started. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's so but um. Funny. What a double feature, <laughs> you know, you can watch those back to back and you're gonna have a heck of a night. Uh, but it genuinely like and then we left and I just I I was so happy and emotional and I obviously eager for more. Yeah. Oh, a chomping at the bit for more. Yeah. What about you, Mateo? Yeah. I, I know you already said a little bit, Mateo, but yeah, what was that night? Like? OK, but like, I mean, and, and, you know, we said it like this was the first movie that I remember watching in theaters where it was like a thing that people were really like clapping for everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I think like, the same. Yeah. The, like, like clap culture in, in movie theaters, maybe like this was, this was like one of the peaks. Yes. And, and, and people, you know, like, <laughs> I think Endgame, I, I think after Endgame, it dropped off and I think oh, people dropped. were kind of fed up with maybe, it. Maybe, no, but, I like, a little bit, but yeah. You know, like, that was that was me. I was I was a hundred percent in there. You know, when I saw C three PO, when I saw R two D two, I'm clapping. Yeah, no shame, no shame. Yeah. Like, it, you know, like I was having fun. Uh, and and like Seb said, like just like incredibly paced. I think in my head, I'm watching the movie and I'm like making all these connections like live. Like I'm like. What does this mean? Like, what is this theory? Like, like connecting the yeah. dots in my head. I'm trying to like figure the movie out. Like, because I can't help myself. Like, 
that's just like who I was at the time. There was a moment, I think, like maybe about like 30 minutes into the movie where I start to go, hmm, this feels like it's kind of like going through a new hope a little bit. So you, you uh, felt that the first time you watched it? I felt that I felt that the first time I watched it. But by the end, it's I felt like, OK, this movie landed landed the plane and this movie has its own identity. Okay. Um, so I, I definitely I definitely was ready to hear that criticism. But I also felt in my mm-hmm. head like I think this movie beats that allegation. Yeah. That, I, and believe me, Tail, I have I have some words for that. <laughs> believe me. Uh, and and, the, and the, that is that is the cogent that is the sound take for that, and I, I think that's I think it's the take everybody should have. Mateo. and I want to we'll, we will get to this more later, but yeah, part of right. the its ability to generate this much excitement for the future installments is because is because of this mystery this mystery box storytelling that J.J. Abrams and Damon Lindelof like are kind of cited as like kind of some of the creators of, right? And so I founders. It, yeah. it has its own Wikipedia page. Maybe more than anything, maybe it was championed with Lost, the the, the old ABC show. For yes. sure. No, so it's yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and on Wikipedia it defines it as in episodic television, but it's it, it applies here to films as well. The term mystery box show or puzzle box show refers to a genre of high concept fiction that features large and complex stories based on enigmatic happenings and secrets with multiple interlocking subplots and sets of characters that eventually really eventually reveal an underlying mythos that binds everything together. So like Lost or uh, Dark, Westworld, Stranger Things, uh, Haunting of Hill House in a lot of ways. Nobody, and the thing is that nobody is better at teeing things up or or, <laughs> or teeing things up and and uh, presenting question marks better than J.J. Abrams, right? He, he, he knows how to get you hooked. But the crippling flaw is that he doesn't always have the answer when he's writing these question marks when he's proposing <laughs> these questions, right? He's, he's sometimes doing the, the squiggle and the dot without having an answer himself. And that is something we will get to with The Last Jedi. It, and, that, and that's Ryan in this case, where he's given a lot of these setups, but he has to do something with them, you know, that's mm-hmm. unique and interesting. Yeah, it, it's it, it's like he took a picture of like a like a crock pot and he's like, wait till you, like, he's like, let me cook. And it's like, what are you cooking? And it's like the, and it's like the Ken. I'm actually not sure. And so, but just real quick, personally, my Force Awakening experience. It's like, yeah, I'm there opening weekend. I was there second row. I didn't care. I was just happy to be there. I had the same experience as everyone else. I fell back in love with Star Wars, and I'm not. And this is actually a, a little, little bit of Chris Chris lore trivia. I'm not a huge. I hope this doesn't like out of uh, uh, undermine my credibility as a movie watcher. I'm not like a huge rewatcher. I'm very very careful in particular when I revisit a film just because I hate the idea of like overdoing mm. it. But I did see it in three to three times. To- I saw it in theater three times. It's the only film I've me ever too. seen in theater more than two times. It's the only one that, that it holds that belt for me in that regard. Um, oh. And yeah, I I was desperately looking for clues and Easter eggs that, that might hint at like who's Ray's parents were, uh, who Snoke is, etc. Also for the record, I was convinced she was a Kenobi. I was dying on the island. Like we'll get, we can get to that more later. <laughs> Of what our theaters were, but oh my, I got into arguments about that. It was, I, it was, it was a crazy time. I was in, in the trenches with everyone else, which we'll get more with The Last Jedi. Yeah. But, and the thing is, is that, okay. But the, what I find to be frustrating reality is that it, it has not, you know, it has not maintained this, this universal 
reputation of, of being beloved and being this like return mm-hmm. to form for Star Wars, right? Because personally, and, yeah, I wanted to say I want to like set the stage for the turn that we're about to turn into. Um, the one two times that I felt a movie has created world peace for like a week or two is that after Force Awakens and after No Way Home, where it just felt like we were just kind of like walking around outside. And it, it was never. Like, have you out. heard the news? No. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like they they saw violence. The <laughs> listeners, the, the listeners can't see this, but sometimes Chris Hall will just lean back in his chair and laugh so loud the mic can't pick it up, and that just <laughs> happened. <laughs> it just happened again. <laughs> I I I edit the pods, and there are so many times like there'll be random dead air because I'm like, why is there dead? Oh, I just laughed. Like, and because then there's just nothing. <laughs> I'm like, why did we go silent for five seconds? Um, <laughs> and the thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong. And like, like what you're saying, Seb, like, there, <laughs> we achieved world peace. It was that like utopia society meme. And I have no, I have no recollection of anybody, anybody zagging on this film in, in like 2015, 2016. You know, like anyone who said like the mid awakens, like either would have gotten flamed. Or like, or maybe they just wanted attention, right? Not that everyone right. thought the film was perfect. It's not like, oh, you weren't allowed to criticize mm-hmm. it. But everyone was pro The Force Awakens, right? Like, if you were anti Force Awakens, you would you would get a dirty eye for sure. Yeah, I think if anything, the one criticism that did exist was just like, you know, this movie is like playing it safe. It's like nostalgic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That and, was and def- like, that was definitely a sentiment that arose. But I don't think. It, it it got to the point where people were like, "This is terrible for that." Yeah, and th- and that little like it's a little safe. That that's a valid like minor. That's a valid bump to have. But the way that bump has exaggerated from speed bump to like uh, driving off a cliff ha- has been crazy. So yeah, and and I think the first seeds of resentment towards the first awakening started with, with with something Seb mentioned on the on the Rogue One podcast, which was uh, with the release of Rogue One. And us being introduced to a new type of Star Wars, right? And then suddenly people felt like, like, um, <laughs> like, like freaking Kittredge and Dead Reckoning Part One when he's like, "You need to pick a side." Like, you know, like, you know, that <laughs> like he's like, you either like, you either like Rogue One or you like The Force Awakens. And it's like, what are we doing this? Like, this is such an unnecessary Genuinely. debate. Like, the true like two legends can coexist. Like, but you can't. That was not yeah. a point opinion in 2015, apparently. Yeah, there is there is one thing I do want to say as a piece of history. Uh, so which th- this is definitely an online thing that had started to circulate. It was a small kind of germ that began to explode, I think, after The Last Jedi. But Red Letter Media, you know, kind of like mm. champions of of movie YouTube uh, throughout the 2000s, oh. like had written a, a a set of very they, they had a set of very influential like pre why the prequels are bad videos like yeah. way back when and uh-huh. so their review of the force awakens and this was like early 2016 before rogue one came out uh like you know just maybe a month or two after the release of of the force awakens was like pretty critical of the movie and i think i uh-huh. i started to hear a few of those opinions and it, it did not like become a critical mass. Like I think the most uh-huh. the majority of people, you know, who are not connected to like kind of this like very like subgenre world of Star Wars fans <laughs> really knew anything about this. But I had you you started to hear a little bit of it. And and again, it started to to blow up more and more 
especially after the last Jedi. I, I well, have, yeah, I have Rogue seen... One was the beginning of the snowball, but yeah, yes, last yeah. Jedi, it's it's an atomic explosion. <laughs> so the Oppenheimer, I believe we have. It, <laughs> yeah, I I've seen great men fall because of pseudo intelligent video essays on YouTube. Like that is it's it's bonkers. And with each consecutive release in the sequel trilogy, and with each passing year, the resentment towards this movie grew more and more. For for maybe two big reasons, uh, kind of two main reasons, at least in my eyes. And this first one's kind of like more, I don't want to say a sub-reason, but the kind of the secondary reason. Uh, and this is something I think we've talked about with other films on this pod, and we will talk about with more in the future. It's it is an example of a good movie with negative consequences. Like in a minor way, it's like 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 slap culture, like Mateo said. It's like okay. And then, but also suddenly <laughs> everyone after this film really wanted to like, suddenly everyone wanted to soft reboot their franchise and like harking back to older entries, like like Terminator tried with Dark Fate, Halloween did it, Scream did it. But more than anything, more than anything, the most pervasive criticism about this film is something Mateo's already mentioned, is about the similarities it shares with A New Hope. You know, it's like a, an orphan on a desert, right? A droid is carrying an important message. Uh, a, a mentor figure dies. Like, they blow up another planet killer in the third act, right? And I, this, the, the, I already prepared for the, prepare them for this off mic. I'm just asking permission to, to get up on a soapbox right now about, about, about this criticism about this film because... The stage is yours. <laughs> oh, open mic night. Go get it. So the last, the, the, last, <laughs> the, the last Jedi is notorious for having the most aggravating toxic discourse in the franchise. We know this. But I think this specific complaint towards The Force Awakens upsets me more than any other quote-unquote critique of the, of the Disney Star Wars films. And I, I want to start mm. by saying that I do understand and even agree a bit that the movie maybe does borrow a little too much from A New Hope, right? Like, I am very warm towards The Force Awakens, and there's so much I love about it. But even I'm like, like while I see the intention, you know, that, that the First Order is like the wannabe empire, I'm also like, did we need a third Death Star? Did we need a third Death Star? Like, is that... <laughs> What's the... Chris, problem? this one can are, blow up. Are you sure about that? Planets. What? Yeah. <laughs> this one blows up five planets at once. It's like, oh. And it's not like there aren't other flaws that could possibly exist. If you're like, I mean, not that I've heard this one, but someone who's like, had a flaw for the filmmaking of just like, I don't love the way it's shot. You're valid. I'm not like getting triggered at all criticisms against this movie. But I think how far people have taken this complaint about it, it, its new hopeness and this resentment towards The Force Awakens for having some things in common with The New Hope is maybe the laziest and one of the lowest forms of film and analysis and frankly pseudo criticism pseudo criticism out there because i mean i mean <laughs> first off first off just wait until some of these people discover the hero's journey and how most of the films are, like, <laughs> are following a pretty similar structure and similar skeleton right like there was like i i pull up this i want to see if i still have this open it was like this screen rant article from from back then that was like oh 10 similarities between the force awakens and the new hope and one of them was just like oh like the plot has a mcguffin or like there's an important message i'm like that's just a movie like there are <laughs> other movies that have that like you're criticizing for like for something that all the other movies you like have that's just you know, yeah there was like a quick side tangent but when you write off the force awakens for echoing a new hope well, I'm talking not not that you're bumping on it when you're writing off the film for doing so. When people ask you what you think of episode seven and you go, oh, you mean A New Hope? I'll tell you how that reads to me. If you're writing off this film and downgrading it to like mid 
are even bad because of its surface level similarities to A New Hope, then I actually have great news for you. And th- th- this is a, this is a little a little a little life hack that is that is going to save you so much time in the future. If you wanted, you can stop watching movies. You can just read plot summaries on Wikipedia because it seems that the on paper events of a film, the bare bones, are all you care about. And you seem to not be interested in everything that is entailed with the cinematic experience. Because when you say these things, you're completely disregarding and devaluing the actual characters themselves, the performances from the actors, the dynamics between these characters that don't exist in A New Hope, the specific emotions of the movie, the set pieces, the action sequences, or literally the audio and the visuals and the overall experience of this film. You are actively being so grossly reductive of everything that makes... (laughs) on goggles. You're actually being being reductive of everything that makes a movie a movie. You're ignoring the context of everything in this film for these vain similarities. It takes two seconds of critical thinking to get to this point, right? And these people, I I, I get most most frustrated at these people that will like dog on Star Wars films and then proceed to like gush over the Marvel movies, which are so much more overtly formulaic. I was once once talking to someone who fit this bill because they were calling it like Force Awakens A New Hope. And I was like, by that logic, Doctor Strange is just Iron Man 1. It's the same film. And they were like, huh? I'm like, you have an arrogant, narcissistic, like, <laughs> successful and prolific man who undergoes something traumatic, comes out the other end humbled, is willing to now do good and gains powers. Along the way, his mentor dies. He spars off with a villain who has the exact same powers but uses them for evil. Also has, like, a situationship with a woman who, like, is but isn't with by the end of the movie. Then beats the final villain, not by power, but by outsmarting them. Do I think those two movies are the same film? No. Because it's a different experience. Like, the, you have the nuances of Cumberbatch's performance versus Downey's, the visual language of Doctor Strange. You, those are not the same movie experience in the same way that Force Awakens and New Hope are different experiences. And like what Teo said, by the end of the film, has its own identity. This is the most mad I've ever seen, Chris. <laughs> I want to applaud Chris. <laughs> that was just such a well-executed rant. I mean, you were speaking the truth there, that they, they hated Jesus because he spoke the truth. <laughs> Uh, it's you know i i couldn't agree more i mean uh, yeah and i and i really hope that rings true when i'm re-watching this film that I, like it's I, yeah i do think you know I, and i've mentioned this before uh when we talked about joker uh and i'm gonna mention it again which is like something that i think is because we talked about like how like joker like pulls from taxi driver and from king of comedy you know, all these like kind of like 70s character study movies mm. and people kind of bumped on the movie again for that. And I again, I do think it's very interesting that like there appears to be like almost a double standard where like if you if you're like copying from good enough Kino, like people don't really care. <laughs> and like like again, like, I, you know, I talked about like Brian De Palma's like kind of like pastiches of like Alfred Hitchcock movies and like even more so like a movie like obsession like copying vertigo like plot plot wise and like yeah actually not just not just like the structure of the movie but trying to capture the exact same emotions and like people will kind of correctly in my opinion hail it as like this like masterpiece <laughs> i just think it's an interesting thing where like you know if you do it with the wrong movie like a new hope it, it feels like there will be people who who can just kind of you know, snap their fingers and say, oh, it's the same. It's bad. That, that's the thing. Every single movie we like 
and that you like you the listener likes it is pulling from other films right it just it just suddenly mm. becomes a sin when people notice when people know what you're pulling from but it's not the real irony in all of this is that you know star wars fans uh, especially the toxic ones love to reference this one quote from george lucas where it, it's like poetry it rhymes where they, they love like <laughs> seeing it you know something happen all over again with another character because oh look you know they were patting on the mm-hmm. pe- apprentice and now they're doing it when they're older and so now oh when we're kind of you know trying to pay homage to one of the classic films of our times yeah, all of a sudden it's a sin and i just that's why i couldn't agree more with chris where it's like they love to cherry pick when and where they get to be mm-hmm. angry and i and i don't think that is a useful form of film discourse or how we advance our art but we we need to talk about more about you know the, the intricacies of how we do character like studies and how we kind of develop their arcs and you know how we introduce maybe the old and the new and bring them together not just oh you hit some of the same beats congratulations like chris said you've discovered storytelling <laughs> i i think yeah i i think and just like to to maybe like put put a bow on this mm-hmm. um i think the the important thing is like there is like copying versus stealing right and like right. you know like bad artists copy great artists steal uh is the quote and like yeah i think the yeah. so the interesting thing to me is like and and i said it before and I'll, I'll say i'll reiterate it like my big thing is like are you are you stealing from a new hope because you want to kind of capture that same sort of like hopeful optimism of that first movie and i think like for for this entry like that's kind of that's what abram saw as his assignment was like i want to recapture that i want to recapture kind of the optimism of that first movie and so i'm going to maybe take certain motifs certain uh you know kind of indicators from that first movie that are familiar to people and that they that resonate with them and and use them in in similar ways and and again i don't think that's that's just like you know what works and and knowing what works and using it in that way is not a bad thing to me the the cherry picking is 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 rampant throughout the, the, this fan base right the, uh, just gross levels of confirmation bias right which is why i'm like if you're gonna if you're gonna hate force awakens you gotta hate dr strange as well if, if you're gonna call the last jedi for what you to be, what you believe to be plot holes you gotta call the prequels as well which are littered with plot holes right at least in the way that they define them it's just it, it's a lot of intellectual dishonesty going on with it within this fan base which is which is tough so right that being I mean, said, any any kind of, yeah, I say any any last thoughts on Force Awakens before we before we get into the, the boss battle of this? Podcast. I think it's time. <laughs> we are standing in front of like the Dark Souls, like misty, like gray fog door, <laughs> like right. It's like we're saving. I'm like I have as many potions as I can. My, my our cups of water are full next to us. I I got like ten max revives. Out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's time to get dive into the last Jedi, which was, I like we were saying, people were unbelievably excited because the Force Awakens teed up so many questions and so many things we wanted answers to. Right? I mean, I mean, just off, off the top of your head, it was what it was like. Ray's parents, uh, who is Snoke? Uh, I mean, like where where does Finn go from here? Like, what does I'm? I mean, it was Theory City, maybe again more than Endgame, probably more than Infinity War. 
Like this was, there were just, I mean, I was even myself, I was neck deep in, in the trenches of just like, of, yeah, of, of, of theories and expectations. It's just like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. There's so many different equally yeah. exciting ways that, that they could take this story. Right. And so many, uh, it tantalizing, uh, it implications, you know? So, but the thing is, is that J.J. Abrams wasn't directing this one. He was not returning to direct this film. It was this film was going to be directed by a a, a man named Ryan Johnson. Which, uh, Seb, how about you take it away on this one? <laughs> Seb is the biggest Ryan Johnson warrior in the world. Yes, those who don't know me, I might as well be Ryan's son. Um, <laughs> I would fight for this man. I would die for this man. Uh, he became my directing idol after this movie came out because I kind of saw what is and was and will always be capable that of the power of film and like how we can just kind of impose not only our beliefs, but so many others beliefs and the, the trust in your own vision and storytelling and your conviction in that can almost rise above maybe what you need. And I think that Ryan's legacy is that he was so unapologetic about what he made that I, I was like, he is my idol. Like, I think what he does here is one of the bravest things uh, an artist has maybe ever done. I think that there is a lot to be taken away from it. And I don't think it's perfect, but that's okay because I think I, I admire him for the boldness and the bravery and it's just like I said how how unapologetic he was and I think that that, that there's a lot to be learned from that and taken from that, um, especially when it comes to just you're you're facing off against the 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 devil in Star Wars fan base yeah <laughs> um, which you really didn't see its ugly side until this uh -huh. film and after uh -huh. its release you really saw the the, the you turn over you know the log where you see its ugly underbelly and you're just like oh my god <laughs> you know you didn't realize like how bad that disease really was and so i you know we'll talk about our experiences exactly experiences going into the film but i don't i, I just as a setting of the stage people were extremely excited and the theories were everywhere i mean yes baggage like we talked about you know, especially now, because JJ has set up a lot of different questions about what could uh, is. I mean, Chris Wright talked about, like he was neck deep and Ray is Kenobi's granddaughter. Um, <laughs> Bro, you know, I, I, was, uh, I was one of the <laughs> biggest uh, Snoke is Darth Plagueis. Uh, oh, I, I was me big too. on that one, too. I was, I was convinced. Yeah. But here's the thing. I didn't, I mean, I was going in with a lot of different possibilities and I wasn't married to one of them. And maybe it was the perfect spot to be in going in. Yeah. Because if you were married to a specific theory, you were going to come out hating this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's just how it, how it was. Um, I think I had my own where it was like Ray was like a clone of like Kylo. Like Ben and Ray were like, whoa, um, like clones of each other. <laughs> and, I, and I thought that was like, and trust me, halfway through Last Jedi, I was like, dude, I'm right. <laughs> with the connection they had i was like yeah. they're the same person no um, 90 spider-man so, comic story arc yeah no genuinely and, and so that's the I, thing it's like it's we had gotten two star wars movies in a row where we got exactly what we wanted and that and that's a theme yeah. where we get to of like of getting what you want right but even though what you want we should is, preface is not star wars 
yeah, Star Wars is in a good place at this point. Like going yes. to last year, I was oh, good. The really goodwill good is crazy. No, yeah, and and yeah. yes, and, and the things. And as for Ryan Johnson, I don't know about you guys. When I heard, because I, I remember I was like, oh, I love. I, again, I, it's not like I was super. I wasn't following like directors the way I, I do now. You know, I just knew a guy named J.J. Sure. Abrams made The Force Awakens. He cooked, and I was like, oh, I was like, he's not doing the next one. <laughs> I, I knew it was a guy named Ryan Johnson, and all I knew about him was that he had made what a lot of people considered to be like kind of like the best episodes of Breaking Bad or like he directed Ozymandias, which is like one of the best episodes of television, one of the best yeah. episodes of television ever. That's like all I knew. And, and, and it seemed like, oh, like, oh, like, like the streets know that like this guy has sauce. Like, and I was just kind of taking their word on that. I didn't even know I hadn't seen or was familiar with Looper yet, which is now like one of like my 10 favorite films ever. Um, if I had seen Looper before, <laughs> then I, I would have, the last year I would, the hype would have been crazy. So the, the stage was set for this film, right? And I was, again, more more locked in with this one than I think I was with Force Awakens, right? And the, the thing about this movie is that it's not like crap hit the fan right away, right? And similar to Force Awakens is that I, I also vividly remember where I was when the embargo lifted on this movie. I, it's funny, I was actually in the same classroom as I was when, when I was looking at oh, the Force crazy. Awakens reviews. And similar to force awakens it was everything we could have dreamed people were calling it the best since empire it takes the franchise to like a new and exciting place the metacritic score was in the high 80s which is spectacular for any film and was guys that is un like near unheard of for a mainstream blockbuster like if if like a, a quote-unquote action movie is getting high 80s or 90s on metacritic it's like it's like what gonna be one of the best films of the decade like the only other ones that come to mind are like mad max fury road and like mission impossible fallout that are getting that are getting metrics like that and absolutely and i should preface before we get too far into the reviews that yeah. at, at this stage while fan, like we said star wars is a good place people were ready for change they were like mm. we, we, we has new hope we don't want another empire movie we want to like kind of shift things in a new direction and boy did they were not ready for like the shift that was about to happen so, like <laughs> that that's they said that they were ready for it and then they obviously weren't but like they, lucasfilm was so proud of what they had created that they announced before the movie released that's that Ryan right Johnson had a new trilogy coming out later down the line after episode nine would be released that's never so coming they, out I mean, it's, you know, I was going to say they were, they were that confident though, that it was like an absolute yeah. banger. I mean, you want to talk about like, that's what I'm saying. Like they felt like they, they had knocked it out of the park again, and even more than force awakens. You want to talk about like that, elevating the fan base being like, we're about to experience a masterpiece right now. <laughs> like it's it, the, so, so the hype and then going into the reviews that you were just talking about, it was only reinforcing this. Yeah, no, exactly. We're like, <laughs> yes we were like it seems like we're gonna get what we want which is something different like we were i, right. I could not have been more excited this actually might it might be the most excited i've ever been for a film honestly like i was Genuine. i was beyond excited and, and before we get into this movie hitting theaters uh mateo what was your just leading up like what was your anticipation for this film right so again uh self-embargoed mateo did not see any reviews of this movie <laughs> until after i saw it I love off-the-grid Mattel. That, that's great. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, only for Star Wars, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I just wanted to have these, like, kind of, like, pure experiences of these movies. But Respect. Uh, I, 
so the first thing that I remember thinking, like, because like, you know, there were like a few trailers for this movie, much like the trailers for uh, The Force Awakens, extremely light on plot, right? Like, yeah, yeah. All, yeah. we're going to show you cool clips and vibes. We are not going to tell you anything that happens in this much movie. Much darker tone, though, for sure. Yes. And so you saw the when what I saw, and I think it's Empire Magazine that does this, like every time a new Star Wars movie comes out. Every so often, they'll just do this issue, and it's, like, all Star Wars. And they have, like, the pictures of everybody in costume, uh, you know, all the actors. They'll show a, a, a bit of behind the scenes. And the 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 big thing was that Ray was dressed in black now. Yeah. And, uh, the gray robes. Yeah. But, like, the hinting was that this movie was going to be, like, dark and challenging. Mm-hmm. And I thought Ray was going to go to the dark side in this movie. I was, like... I was so ready for this the whole movie. So that was that was kind of like where I I was like this is going to be a, again like kind of dark, kind of different um just like a challenging piece. And and again, I I said it before like Rogue One was like not high on my list compared to The Force Awakens, but like I was just so happy to see the continuation of what was in my opinion, just a great time with The Force Awakens. Um, <laughs> yeah. For me, I don't know much more. I don't know what much more there is to say other than like, like I who y'all go was, with? It was as oh, that, that that's actually a fun story. It was again, again, I was as excited as I possibly could be. I was I, I, I was I was theory brained out of my mind, right? And I I had a yeah. fun showing before I go to like how I experienced actually watching the film. Um, my butt. This is actually great. My now roommate uh, in California, Trey, and I we we went to a double feature at Disney Springs. It was it was the, it was the Force Awakens started at um three two o'clock three o'clock something like that. I don't know. I oh, am mm-hmm. I remembering this? I'm trying to remember if I got pulled out of school early to make that showtime in time because like because the Last Jedi was starting at like five o'clock or something like that. It was like the earliest possible showtime at Disney Springs. It was a part of this double feature. So like. I, 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 it was like right after school or maybe leaving a little early, we got to Disney Springs for the force awakens. And then, um, and, and then it went straight into the last Jedi at, at five o'clock. And I remember like briefly, Oh, that was, that was so awesome. It was like in between force awakens. Like, you know, I obviously like went to the bathroom cause I'm not insane. And I saw like, it was, like the, <laughs> line, the line for the concessions inside Disney Springs for last Jedi was like, I mean, it was freaking space mountain. Like it was just like, it was wrapped going up the stairs, wrapping around. I was like, we're freaking doing it, man. Like we are, we are out here. Like this is awesome. And it's a core memory of a night. And I do remember after that rewatch of force awakens, after seeing it in a theater game in the Dolby cinema, I remember thinking, man, I don't know how the last Jedi is going to top that. Like <laughs> I was like, I was like, I saw the reviews, but like, the Force Awakens still honks. I was like, "How is it going to do it?" And then, and and then we got the movie. But but but, what about you? So th- I've been hyping this up, uh, this story up to both Mateo and Chris. <laughs> so, so weirdly enough, at, in the year of 2017, I I was studying abroad uh, that fall, and I was experiencing all the trailers in Italy like by myself. Um, I was experienced. I wasn't really sharing the hype with anybody else, but my own psyche. So, um, and you want to talk about theory brain, possibly in like you know, rotten. Um, I, yeah, I was lucky to come out of that with a sane brain. So I, after I was done studying abroad uh, in Italy, I went to go visit my family who was uh, currently in Oman, which is in the Middle East. Um, so they were there. 
and they got The Last Jedi a day earlier than America. So we got to see the film before everyone that I knew like was going to see it. So I felt like this really special privilege of getting to see it. And I, I could not have been more hyped. I was, I was over the moon. I was literally counting down the minutes. It was, it was bad. <laughs> my obsession yeah. with the film. Yeah. And so we go in, nothing has been, I, we, I actually met someone. We went to a tennis court the day of, we were going to watch it and they had already seen it. I didn't even know how they saw it, but they somehow oh. already saw it. And they were like, it was incredible. And so like, obviously like, I'm just, I'm, my mind is racing with ideas. We go in and I mean, now I guess we'll transition until like, basically I have seen the film before everyone in America has. And I think this is like one of the greatest movies ever made. Like I, I, I (laughs) was utterly obsessed with the film and I couldn't wait for like until 24 hours later when everyone else started to see it and get their reactions. And what I ended up seeing was horrifying. <laughs> like I, I was just, I couldn't, I, for 24 hours, I was living in pure bliss where I was just like, they're all going to experience this masterpiece. And we're all just going to be like, so excited about the future of Star Wars. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't mentally prepared for what was about to be unleashed. Like the, the pure innocent me of those 24 hours, I wish I could like capture in a bottle and give to everybody like in the world (laughs) just so they could experience that joy because it's it's a very quiet and singular thing um but yeah it was crazy that just the moment those like those reactions started to hit the internet i i was a changed person it it was just everything was different since then i'm curious as to when like you like got to the front lines and when you're like (laughs) like finally like well, that was the thing is I had 24 hours to process the movie without any outside noise to yeah. like influence me. So I just, I knew how I felt about it. Yeah. So like that when, Stronger so when people started to say that they hated certain aspects that I loved, I was like, I couldn't believe it. I was just yeah. like, how could you hate these things? Like Luke in particular is like the main driving force of just utter, yeah. you're either on one side or the other. But like, and that was one of the things that people were just like, I couldn't believe like they destroyed Luke's character. Like character assassination was being thrown around all the time, and I I was in disbelief. I could I, I was like, how could you think that? Like, I, <laughs> and anyways, yes. yeah, it was no, I, it, it was. I think I went through like the five stages of grief where I was just like, I was shocked. I like maybe was like I started to get angry, bargaining, I had to, like have some acceptance. Yeah, you know, like it was it was crazy. Yeah. And and and, and yeah. yeah, that's the thing with with my viewing. It's like I I know that I was I was I was maybe as susceptible as you could have been to like potentially be disappointed by like the film's choices because again I wasn't like right. I wasn't as culture with the film as I was like as I am now, and I was so like excited. I was ready for the Kenobi reveal, and it, again like it was like, <laughs> like I was counting the minutes longest week of my life, and like oh. It was a quick, quick side tangent. I don't know why. So obviously I was there oh, like, oh, Thursday night, that double feature for Last Jedi. I, I actually, I think I saw Force Awakens on a Friday because I got my tickets a little late. So I had to go through all of school on oh. Friday trying to avoid spoilers. Um, be, just because just wow. like, I, I don't think, I, I think my brother got tickets and he's like, we're going Friday. I was like, okay, that, that's fine. It's chill. Um, but I remember someone in my geometry class told me that Chewie died in Force Awakens. And I was like, I, I thought I almost started crying. I was so upset. I was like, I can't believe you just spoiled me. Obviously, that didn't happen, but that's just that's just right. for me. Um, that being said, he he, I, he predicted the future. Yeah. <laughs> he predicted the future. 
that was dark specter of things to come in episode nine <laughs> dark specter i just want to and, and i get out not to like to my own horn because that's just an ick but i just want to say i'm so thankful 17 year old me was like that didn't go the way i expected but i see what ryan what 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 Ryan was going for. I see what he did instead. And even though it wasn't what I wanted, it's not only equally, but it's probably even more cool than maybe what I anticipated. Yeah. And it's way more yeah. thoughtful and meaningful than any like other Reddit thing. Right. Like I like, I'm grateful I clocked that right away. Cause it's like, and, and I want right? to, uh, I, I want to bring up that, that quote, um, that Ryan Johnson quote, I, I mentioned on the rogue one podcast when he's talking about, uh, when he's talking about what Star Wars is to him, because he goes, when people ask me, don't you think people are going to get sick of Star Wars movies? To me, that question indicates that they're thinking of Star Wars movies as a museum exhibit that is wheeled out once a year so you can say, oh, I love that thing. I remember that thing. And yes, if Star Wars is that, people are going to get sick of it really quickly. But if Star Wars are great new movies that are exciting and fresh and that challenge you and surprise you and make you feel things and engage you the way those original movies did, but always taking, taking you to new places, both in the galaxy and emotionally, that's never going to get old. That's what it's all about. And that's like he cooks. He cooks. Like that is that is like the thesis of this is why we play, you know. Like that is even back then, I was like, it doesn't feel like it's hard to have an open mind. Because I because that's the thing. I was like, the critics are praising this for a reason. Not that like the critics know all, but I understood yes. that. And I was like, it's not hard to have an open mind to, to what an artist is trying to show you. And like, not that we're like, this is a bulletproof film. But hating it feels a little bit like user error in a way. And which I, I'm sorry if that's like harsh, but I, I also want to say one thing. I remember rare IGNW. I remember the IGN review came out. They gave like a 9.7 yes! and, 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 and called it quintessential Star Wars. And they, and they, I, I forgot the wording they had, but I remember they call it, they're like, this is the, like, what this movie is, is like a single person. This is an author showing their take on Star Wars. And I, like, I, I don't think this is embarrassing, but like, again, like I wasn't as into movies. I wasn't as well versed in movies at this time in my life. And honestly, I had never viewed movies as a product of an author. I think before this film, it was, it was when this sure. film, I watched that and I was like, this is like, I, I didn't, I, I didn't have the words for it at the time. I was like, this had such a different feel than the force awakens. You know, I didn't have the, yeah. the lexicon of like filmmaking sensibilities, like a, a visual style or like, or cinematography, or just like tonal things. I just knew it felt different, and it was because of Ryan, and I really appreciated that. Yeah, this is this is your uh, this was your French New Wave. This was, <laughs> this was your Andrew Saris no, author no. theory. Genuinely though, and I mean, it's I want to bring this up, but like, you know, the release of the Last Jedi is like a historical epoch in film history and like american culture yeah. yes um like it's it's not it's actually it's hard to understate how important the release of this film was and the coinciding like discourse i think that there i mean like you just said it changed how you saw like how films and auteurs are like mm -hmm. that relationship it changed mm -hmm. how i viewed that as well including like how people interpreted their own expectations and how they viewed film and like what mm -hmm. equaled like good you know filmmaking versus like storytelling and all these things like i just there's so much to analyze here on like what made good art that i mean it last yeah. year i just changed everything for me and so i i think i will get into the post game about like sp the specifics of like what was the crux of like a lot of these uh debates yeah. and a lot of them in the end i i feel like 
I, I could just narrow down to being like very petty, like Star Wars fans being <laughs> very, very petty. Yeah. I mean, you're talking to a guy. And I, I remember like with Joker, I, I, you know, held up Joker was a bad movie. Prove me wrong. For the longest time, I held up a sign saying Last Jedi was a good movie. Prove, prove me wrong. Yeah. And I argued with students on campus about why it was a good movie. This is about two years after Last mm-hmm. Jedi was released. So like people were still boots I mean, on this the is part ground, of heavy, soldier. Yeah. Genuinely boots on the ground. Like I was like talking to people in real life, not just on the internet, about like why this is a good movie in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got them convinced them to join our film club. But it it was uh it's it's just it's hard, it's crazy because I mean this film really just it, it defined everything that I eventually came to start to love about movies. No, seriously. I think this film is why I've like be- because of all the spats I got into over this movie, this is why I'm like I'm like very consciously like trying not to be like an argumentative person in my life. Now. I was like, I'm so tired. Yeah. Like, I'm tired, boss. Like, this is like, I was like, I don't yeah. want to go through this ever again. I was like, I just like, I yeah. mean, sorry, I, sorry we, we did not mean to sideline you, Mateo. What was your theater experience <laughs> with, with The Last yeah. Jedi? What was, what, yeah, just how was that movie for you in 2017? Okay. So, so maybe, maybe this movie did not change my life as much as it changed yours. But, <laughs> Yeah, and that's not to say that I did not like it, or that I will not like it when I rewatch it, because I have a good feeling about this one. As as <laughs> our, our our great hero Han Solo says in the 2018 classic Solo, but um, yeah. So again, I I came in with like these very with all the theories swirling around, concrete and theory. Yeah, even okay. I'll I'll say this, even at that age. I don't think I came in thinking I want I, I didn't I didn't come in with a checklist, but yeah. I did know that like I, I did have like feelings that and and like when when some of them were confirmed, I was like, I felt good about myself. Like I was like, Ray's not related to anybody, Ray's nobody. And I was like, ooh, you know <laughs> let's go. That one felt good. That one felt good. But I do remember watching the movie uh and being challenged by it. I was like, yeah. like, especially the stuff with Luke. I was like, I don't know if I like what I'm looking at right now. Like, mm-hmm. this is upsetting. This is this is this is pissing me off a little bit. Like, <laughs> and they were like unpleasant. Yeah. And, and and I and I got that feeling in the theater too, where like, for example, like the big climactic moment of Ray like extending the lightsaber out to uh to Luke at the end of The Force Awakens yeah. is this like big, big triumph. And then immediately in in the last jedi he chucks it right yeah he throws it over and people were like kind of like laughing but they were also like a little confused and like huh like that would definitely mm-hmm. felt like the energy in the room and so i was definitely on board with all of that and and, and you know like i i think i had some issues with the pacing like i i think a lot of people like uh-huh. will still talk about like canto bite like not holding together <laughs> very well yeah. but yeah. i'll defend it <laughs> but but there's always a big but here I think by the third act, I was like, this movie has come together for me in such a special way. Yes. And like, and, and, and I don't want to like get into too many spoilers, but like, you know, that, that final confrontation with Luke and Kylo and, and the force projection, I'm like, this is star Wars to me. And that was like, Mm -hmm. that felt so magical. Uh, And, and you know, what's crazy. I don't even think I liked it as much as The Force Awakens, <laughs> but but it but it felt like it it, it was the same receptive. thing where like I was like, 
this movie tapped into Star Wars. It it hit all the beats that I wanted it to. Even if the plot yes. didn't go where I expected it to, it felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie. And this is where I think people kind of lose the thread a little bit with their criticisms of Ryan. Like, Ryan is still, like, Ryan still knows the franchise that he's making, right? Like, oh, yeah. Because yes. he understands it on the deepest level possible, you know, on, on beyond yeah, the, right? like, the aesthetics. And he's making it with a lot of reverence. Like, yeah. there are blockbuster sequels and that are made by directors who do not care about the source material, right? Or like, <laughs> who are, yeah. Like, we, you know, we talked about it with Dead Man's Chest. Like, Gore Verbinski did not care at all about the mythos. <laughs> he did not care. Like, yeah. you know, I, I feel the same way about another potential postscript movie, Ocean's 12. Like, there, are, there you can make a blockbuster sequel that is very kind of like, you know, irreverent. Yeah. Yeah. Irreverent. This movie is not that. It is, yeah. At, like even at the time, I was like, "This is a reverent film of Star Wars." Even even when it's making its criticisms, it is one of the most reverent Star Wars films. And and so yeah, that was that was definitely that was my reaction. It was it was a great moment. I, I don't think I was plugged in to maybe some of the some of the the people that you guys were hearing. I, I I knew the haters. I heard the haters. I was like, okay, whatever. I'm gonna keep enjoying this stuff. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I kind of lived in my Star Wars bubble. It sounds like you just took like the good path, Mateo. No. Like I I, 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 <laughs> Literally, I took that into. one where walking walking the sunlight. And I I think I was with you a little bit, Mateo. Of that like a little maybe like a slightly wobbly of just like oh like where are we going with this? And then for me, I I there were two scenes. I remember like the following days were just like seared into still are in a way seared into my brain it's the end of the second act when i i just became freaking like like sammy fableman in the movie theater just like watching watching the greatest show on earth of when like when you know when when they like give when kylo kills snoke they like get the lightsabers and they go back to back and like i said when it goes slow-mo and they start fighting i was like this might be the greatest thing i've ever seen like this is this is unbelievable and then that's followed up with the the light speed jump right yeah 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 i mean it happens in the middle of the scene it was those two things in the theater when i was like this is like this is transcendent for i like that that's when i was like i understand what the critics were getting out like this this is taking star wars to a new to a new level but yeah but but back to what you're saying seba of, of was it worth it can i answer the question for a second yeah i, I, I yeah. actually this this might surprise people but no i don't wow. i i don't think and I and I and I don't and it's not because of Ryan and I, and because you know this I, I I love him, but I think and it upsets me to say this because I I just I I only have anything but respect for this film. Yeah. But the hate was so strong, and it's not to anyone's fault. It's not the movie's fault. Just it's not fault. the movie's fault. Exactly. It is it, and to me, it. it that I, it's so sad that like what I consider and a lot of us consider a good a great thing produced so much you know darkness in the world is I, I actually yeah. I you know I, I I'm curious I wonder like what would have happened if we didn't get that and we got like you know the safest version of the trilogy possible I don't I wonder would would it be a better world what would, would you know we have less to argue over or like what would franchises look like? What would blockbusters look like? And maybe it's, it's hard to tell. I, I don't know, but it, it does make me sad. Everything that came after this, yeah. this movie was, I, I mean, so, so anti art and anti human, 
Like, I yes. mean, no one had any respect for each other. It, it, it's just, it had the worst of us going like at each other. And I, and I don't, and I, and like I said, it just, it, it upset me. It still upsets me that like, you know, yeah. you can, you you make something out of love and people actually thought he made it out of hate. He like, he hated star Wars and he no. came in to like sabotage yeah. the franchise. And I'm like, how could you think that, you know, like with so many ideas and like, you know, objectives like that, you, that it tried to ruin a franchise just before trying something new. Um, I mean, so I don't know. And, it, it was sad. I mean, also just because like it, it disappointed and like, like it drove like the actors, like, like Kelly Marie Tran, like got so much harassment, so much yeah. hate uh, over her role in this movie. John Boyega, who I think, you know, his, he kind of expected Finn to, to become like a Jedi. A Jedi. Yeah. He he wanted that he he expected that arc for that character. That's like what the promotion and like I think maybe what he was excited for was like I'm gonna get to be a Jedi on screen for these movies mm -hmm. and like the direction that his character went in like it like it soured so many people both like fans but also like actors like like people in the industry and it's like you don't want you like this should be like an experience that's just like kind of like a universally like happy memory for these people to look back on and it's like the idea that it you know it becomes like this thing that like hurt people's like life and their like self-esteem yeah. is like so sad and you know we got that with the prequels like we, we got that yeah. with the prequels we got it with like the insane amount of of harassment that was sent you know to ahmed best oh, uh, hayden. To, oh my god to, yeah. to hayden uh to the uh, the kid who plays Anakin and in, in yeah, Phantom one. Menace as well, like, and it's like it just sucks to like have another Star Wars trilogy and then have to revisit all of that again. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, you're yeah, you're yeah. Right. It, it is hard to like. It is hard to to say it was worth it when you consider like the actual harm it caused in people's lives. You know, it's but like and so yeah, like that. It's it's so unfortunate the things that that came as a result of this film, like the way. I mean, it's, it's like a litmus test and a stress test in so many fascinating ways for how people consume art. But like, but those results were horrifying. Like you said, like we lifted the log. Yeah. And like, oh my. I believe we did. Like you said. Yes. <laughs> I, I I believe we have. And like, and but and at, the, at the same time, it's like, I like, I don't want to live in a world without this film, like in this art, you know? And right? like, right. And to me, this feels yeah. like everything blockbusters can be. And like, and it, it inspires me. I'm, and I know it inspires you guys as well. Like, it's people who want to make yeah. movies and be like, I like, I want to go for something like that. You know, it, it's like a, like a pillar for us in so many ways. And like, when we talk about like the YouTube-ness of it all, it's like, yeah, there's so many just like brain rot, like YouTube video essays, like just nitpicking this thing to, to hell and back and like, and using so much confirmation bias for these like straw man arguments. And like, and I've seen, I've never seen this with any other movie. Like people get converted away from this film. Like be like, who I know liked it in the moment, watch some video essay of just like, oh, but, but here's this, that like, again, these like pseudo intellectual arguments that like hold them away from it and like cause them to hate it or like, or, or start with that whole of like the worst phrase ever of like, oh, it's a good movie, but it's not a good Star Wars movie. Maybe the worst line of the 2010s. Of just, you like, should go to jail for saying that. Can that you imagine, can you imagine saying that about anything else? Yeah. <laughs> 
it's a good movie. It's a good movie, but it's not a good Hitchcock movie. It, it, it's, 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 it's not a good Oppenheimer movie. Actually, what? actually, some people do say that about Rebecca. <laughs> it's actually crazy, dude. And like, and I've actually seen people be converted back after Rise of Skywalker, but we'll get to that. And like, and the thing yeah, is, yeah. And, and I wanna, I, I wanna read this off too. Just a, a couple stats, right? It's just so fascinating about this film because general audiences from these first watches, it's. It's probably um, a good what sixty five thirty five. So 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 that's the thing. Cinema score. So cinema score is you know like when like they these metrics are based off of like exit surveys and like like people like boots on the ground at movie theaters asking people after they saw the last Jedi for the first time before this internet discourse and all that like what did you think of the film? Yeah. At cinema score, it got an A. Two and three viewers judged wow. the movie. To, two and three viewers judged the movie to be excellent. Well, seventy nine percent they seventy nine percent said they would definitely recommend. And then there were other metrics. And, and this isn't this isn't some like weird web like underground website I'm pulling this from. Like these are like official like verified things. Um, I'll, 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 I'll drop yeah. the well, bibliography. Score is like if if you need cinema score is an industry standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and on another one, uh, so uh, on another on on Screen Engine, Last Jedi earned an eighty nine percent overall positive score and a five star rating for moviegoers. That's in the wheelhouse of what Force Awakens earned, which is ninety percent positive in a four and a half star rating and Rogue One. These are scientific, statistically accumulated audience exit polls that studios can take to the bank and which they rely upon to deconstruct various elements of a film's opening. And, and then and there's another one of how, like, of the 1,000 tweets tweeted at Ryan Johnson during the month after the release, only, like, 20% were negative, and half of those were bots. It's like, it, it, that's the thing, is that in every way, this was a vocal minority, and they're just drag misery loves company, and they're dragging down people with them. It's, it's just brainwashing yeah. people into thinking it's bad. It's a heartbreaking thing to see. And what you were saying, Seb, of just, like, uh, of the consequences of this film, it, it does it does tee up the Rise of Skywalker perfectly in this era of scared IP movie making that 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 we've come into. Yeah, and and, I, and where and, we still are right now. No, yeah, and this I remember. I want to also bring up this, this, this is a meme. I saw I'll, I can post this on Instagram too. A meme from maybe like a year or two. I well actually no, this was released during Mandalorian season two. This that someone made of when. Mandalorian came out and it was suddenly quote what everyone like what everyone thought Star Wars should be and it was this like <laughs> and it's one of those words that's like uh, you know, like 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 it's some neckbeard internet user like um it, it like it's this picture of Ryan Johnson and it goes even your childhood hero is as fallible and prone to doubt as you but realizes that failure is a teacher leading him to embrace his mistakes as a part of living and be a selfish compassionate example to others in need anyways and the guy goes f off I don't believe I don't believe that nonsense. <laughs> And then below it is a picture of John Favreau, and it goes, "Your childhood hero can choppy chop robots with his burn stick." And they're like, "So true, bro! Like that. You're so right, King." And that's where we got because and in what Rise of Skywalker is like, what encapsulates all of this is a, a quote I saw from Rick Rubin recently, like the one of the maybe the most successful living music producer, and he he released a book recently about just like the creative process in art. And he said, something he says in the book is he says, quote, the audience comes last for him. And he says, when you make something truly for yourself, you're doing the best thing possible for the audience, right? You're giving preach. Yeah, yeah, like a, a very intimate expression of your personal experiences. And he goes, nowadays with so many blockbusters, they don't feel like they're being made by a person who cares about it. And, and like in reference to these things being made to please everybody, and especially Rise of Skywalker, like he goes, that's not art, that's commerce. 
which is a banger. And this is actually, this is something Nick White, previous guest Nick Weiber said in his review back in 2019. He goes, it makes all the wrong choices, aiming to satisfy everyone, but surely satisfying no one. And I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but. Wow, Nick. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick cooked without him. Maybe we'll phone him in. Man. But, okay. But I know I just got a little bit ahead of myself, but the rise of Skywalker. Right. What were our lives lo- lo- looking like leading up into this film? Because I want to say, compared to Rogue One and Solo, Seven and Eight had serendipitous productions. Like, Ryan John, he filmed that movie in, like, 30 days or something. Like, he, like, he, like no, it was crazy. Jedi. Like, it was, like, I think there were, like, no reshoots or anything. Like, he, it, it was a blissful production. Two, and two movies where the director did not change. But then Rise of Skywalker, uh, and, and maybe I'll throw this to you, Seb. J.J. Abrams was not the original director of that film. It was a, name, a man named Colin Trevorrow who directed the Jurassic World, the first Jurassic World film, which was also like a top five at the time, like highest grossing movie of all time. But I will, I'll, I'll throw it to you for for right now for this kind of lead okay. to, to Rise of Skywalker. I mean, so what we talked about it in Solo was the, the the trend of directors getting kicked off of projects and adding in new ones and kind of the shuffling of uh, writers and, and directors mm-hmm. where, but this movie with Rise of Skywalker was the first case of a movie of said director coming out first, it performing really badly, and then a shift happens where they're like, oh, they're mm-hmm. actually not that good. We gotta, we, gotta, we gotta pivot. And it just so happened, it was also after Last Jedi came out and it was just a pure panic move where they were like, we can't have another like controversial film like we need to go back to like the safest hands, which goes back to Force Wiggins, where you know JJ was the safest option, and so they thought he would do <laughs> yeah. it again by bringing him in and saying like, "Listen, you're the one who teed up all those questions. There's still some lingering ones out there. Why don't you answer them?" <laughs> and JJ is probably got like, oh, oh you know, me, he's me like searching my backpack for the homework I know I didn't do. Yeah, it's like, it's like he that. knows he didn't do it, and so I mean. And, and, and this comes through the memes of like, you know, they went to Reddit for the answers. I genuinely think they actually went on the internet to look at like the top upvoted or liked versions <laughs> of like the answers. No, dude. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. what we got in Rise of Skywalker doesn't have narrative coherence with the rest of the, the other two films. Um, and we'll talk about it in the post game. But I, I, you know, JJ, like Nick Weibert says, try to satisfy everyone and end up satisfying no one. And so like you, you try to retroactively reverse Last Jedi while also trying to like please all the internet fans. I don't, it's not a way to make a movie. It's not a way to run a business. The, the, the quote you said, Chris, like think of your audience last is exactly how, to, how you have to go by what you're doing here. If you want to do something different, you want to do something bold, which is what Lucasfilm said they were proud of, of Ryan of doing before mm-hmm. the movie released and the fans went crazy, then you've got to, you've got to have some integrity and stick by that. So when it comes to Colin Trevorrow, the, the script that he had, it exists. It's out there. I know. This is a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're not going to go spend too much time on it, but it's called Wait. a duel of the fates. And it's, you can debate whether or not it, this is actually a better ending than what we got. Because, I mean, it, it has some wild ideas, some wild, you know, trajectories. But, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it. I'll, I'll say it here. I prefer that script 
because <laughs> while some of the dialogue is idiotic and nonsensical, there is at least a sense of completion and closure to the arcs that were set up yeah. throughout the rest of the films. We, we can dive in. I, I feel like the post-watch can be a good time to dive into it. It's like what what Duel like specifically was going to do when it's set up. And that, 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 that will be a fun thing to dive into. I'm excited to talk about I it. Do want, maybe, yeah. maybe I'll read the script and because I haven't read it in totality. I mean, I'll probably do that really in fun. the coming days. Yeah. Right, <laughs> Did it once already? I might do it again. And I, and I will say, but from what I've gleaned from that, I, again, I know we're jumping around a little bit. It's like, I, I was like, even if there was some kind of whack stuff, and I don't even know if this was the final draft, it's like, at the very least, it was thematically intact The Last Jedi. It was continuing the story. Exactly. And it doesn't U-turn in the way that Rise of Skywalker does, which is one of the most detrimental, cowardly narrative choices of the 21st century. But, yeah. Right. Well, so I was just going to say, the, and the reason why I feel so strongly about that is because Rise of Skywalker has a lot of moments where you can see that the studio was like mandating a change mm-hmm. or a retroactive, you know, turn from Last Jedi, where it's like they they didn't like that about the last movie, so you have to put something in here right here, so we change that. We have to take Kelly Marie Tran, they didn't like a character, and minimize her to a one line character. You have to like. Yeah. There's all these things that you just like. Like they're being like dumb in that movie. Yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, and I, I made a review about this once where I, it doesn't feel like a real movie and it's a script that hates itself. That like there isn't anything that has an artful taste to it. And I, and I, and I, it's, it's, it hurts me because I went into the Rise of Skywalker feeling like I I ignored the reviews because I was like, I want to believe that they tried to close this trilogy out the right way. I didn't want to believe anything else. And when I saw the film, I don't think I've ever felt more dead inside than leaving <laughs> that theater in my life. But yeah, I'll let y'all talk a bit. Yeah. And so so let's so let's back up even more. Uh, sure, that time sure. period in between eight and eight and nine, right? Because we got solo, which I mean just caught every stray you could at the last Jedi. I mean, that the super bad seven bucks. That movie made like no money. <laughs> uh, I think I do think it lost money and they canceled all the anthology films after. So that happened leading up to nine, right? I saw Trevor O left the movie for episode nine. I, I remembered that. And again, I post last Jedi. I know I said last Jedi was maybe the most excited I'd ever been for a movie, but like because of how much I love the last Jedi and like, because of my naive belief, that nine would continue that arc. I will say the teaser. Yeah, the the, the teaser the was teaser great. For nine. And I, I in, in my mind, I was like, if nine just if nine is as good as Last Jedi, holy cow! And like we are in for a treat. And so, but the thing is, like I know the changing of hands of directors can be concerning. But when I saw JJ was uh was getting back from the fold, I, that actually right. like. For me, that was a sigh of relief in the moment because I love. I was still at the time, a, a yes. I was a Force Awakens supporter, and it was very earnest. Right. He was like, "I'm so excited." He was like, "There's things we didn't get to do in the Force Awakens that now, now I get to do." Like it seemed like genuine excitement. Like I didn't, again, I didn't know that. Like he was actually holding a gun behind his back that I was gonna shoot <laughs> Last Jedi in the face. But I, I was anticipating this film, and so. Yeah. So so well, yeah so so well we'll go leading up until the review embargo which I know Mateo's out loop for it and Seb you avoided you avoided but leading up until that point how were you anticipating Rise of Skywalker Ah okay first trailer drops you get the the fade out on that trailer is 
the the voice of the emperor cackling. Oh right, unbelievable! Right, yeah. The hype from that, I mean, that was a that was a big moment, huge moment. I'm gonna say something though. Mm. I was I was that made me a little uneasy. Um, Interesting, because because I I thought like so one of one of the big things that emerged in in the discourse uh, about this movie, and and I. I started to get a little too online, I think, in the lead up to this movie. <laughs> but one of the big things was that people were upset that, uh, you know, like there was definitely a subset of like kind of like the hardcore fans who were mad that the sequels didn't adapt um, the legend storyline that continues from uh, Return of the Jedi. You know, those that, that series of uh-huh. novels and there's there's specifically the dark empire storyline that does bring back the emperor. And I always thought like, this felt like very kind of like pulpy, like cheesy, like, or like, yeah, like comic book, like sort of storytelling that Mm. is not suited for the big screen. And it definitely felt like a rehash. And I'm like, I'm glad they're not going down that path. That would be so stupid. Like (laughs) imagine bringing the emperor back from the dead. Like how dumb would that be? And then they, and then I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I can't believe we're doing this right now. <laughs> so so that was rough. That was rough. And I will say at the time, people were really frustrated that like, oh, it doesn't feel like there's an overarching plan to this trilogy. You're just yeah. kind of like making up as just you doing, go. Shoot from the hip a little bit. And yeah. so when they bring in the emperor at the end, they're like, oh, you're just tr- trying to do this to excite fans again. You're not really like. This wasn't planned. And then they were like really on stage. They're like, this has been our plan the entire time. They're like trying to convince people. They're literally mm. saying this out loud. Snake oil salesman. Just, yeah. Right. And we're just like, and and the naivety that you talk about, Chris, like, I believed them. I, yeah. I, I wanted, <laughs> no, 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 like, no. wanted to. I wanted to believe them. Here's the thing. I, I was uneasy, but I was uneasy again in much the same way that I felt uneasy while I was watching force awakens and last jedi where sure. both of those movies landed the plane so i'm like yeah this yeah. feels weird this doesn't feel right but i'm sure they're gonna land the plane yeah and mm. and uh here's the thing so i i did say that i review embargoed this was the first time and i did not see the reviews on purpose but i saw a tweet about the reviews okay like yeah like an hour before going to see the movie no and i'm way. like did they not land the plane? <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was the moment. That was the moment. I got and, uh, one thing spoiled from this entire trilogy, and it was the granddaughter thing, which I'll, I'll leave. Oh kind of yeah! Busy. An hour before, as I was walking in, you know, when my brother yeah. like really mentions like, "Yo, I heard this one thing." I was like, "Why'd you tell me?" Yeah, and so, the, the Barry. Why, why would, would you, you say, say that, that out loud, dog? Yeah. Yeah, no, genuinely. And when he said that, I was just thinking about that the entire time in the theater. I was just praying it was wrong. And then when it happens, I was just like sitting back in my chair. Like I couldn't believe it. And uh-huh. it was one of those things that just retroactively like just reversed something that they did in Last Jedi. And I, I was sick to my stomach. And so anyways, like the first teaser was still an incredibly hyped moment for me. I was all aboard the Palpatine train. Ian McDermott was back. And yeah. uh, I mean, the, the shot of like Ray. Like flipping and slicing the TIE fighter that's coming oh, out of Adder. Oh, was dude, that is an amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, once again, the, the trailer delivers. And then there's this yeah. promise of like, 
all the Jedi coming together. Like this is just the culmination, the entire nine film saga. I mean, I had theories going around that like they were going to bring back like ships from the prequels and in this <laughs> all out battle at the end. I thought yeah. they were going to bring everything back and yeah. you know, that doesn't happen, but like, <laughs> it's it, so anyways, I, uh, I had hope going in and that's what I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, uh, like I said, I was in the same boat as you and I, I do, I don't remember, I don't remember where I was, but I do remember when the embargo was lifted and I was in denial. Denial is the only word. I, I chose not to read, read any of them specifically. I just saw, I just saw it got hit with that like 50 burger on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's just because we're living in an age where Star Wars can do no right. I was like, it was, it just, it wasn't what they expected. Um, I, I trust JJ. That means he took a swing. Um, it actually, it was actually the opposite. He swung, literally swung backwards, and all the me's went, oh, and they like jumped and turned around. It's <laughs> he threw like a sports like yeah, yeah, he, he dropped the bowling ball, and he. So it got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. It still grows just over a billion dollars. Because, I mean, again, like like the Pirates trilogy, it's like when you're this big, it's like you're going to make money. It's the 38th highest grossing yeah. film ever. So so here's the thing is that so we, we can dive into just like what our experiences watching the movies now were. Because when I first saw this film, I like, to say I was trying to be glass half full is an understatement. I was, I was trying... I, again, I'm, I'm an optimist by nature when watching a movie and I was being put to the test with this one. Because I will say, on a scene-to-scene basis, and we've said this about all the other movies and we talked about it before, this movie looks great, you know? Like, it, this movie does yeah. not look... It looks and it sounds like Star Wars and I really like Star Wars, you know? And on, like, a scene-to-scene yeah. basis, it's Jadrian, he knows how to direct action sequences. He knows how to evoke, quote-unquote, Star Wars magic. And so I For was sure. like, uh, I... Gosh, dang it. I was like, I, I was trying to find ways to enjoy it beyond the narrative choices because something like that TIE fighter scene that in a vacuum, it's a very well, that's, it's a, awesome. well, that's a very well directed, cool Star Wars sequence. I'm like, okay, that was storyboarded for sure. But then, in couple things in the movie, when it's it's like dream logic, she's like, I'm gonna walk over here and do this scene now. I was like, whoa, wait, wait, like they made it really like, like almost all of these scenes are almost better removed from the context of the movie, you know? Because it's like because JJ is know, a right? talented director, and I will stand by, yeah, at me, okay? Like Abrams knows how to direct actors, <laughs> right? And he has the visual flair, so in that way, it keeps you engaged. Like, just I watch Mission Impossible I, three. Yeah, no, literally, like. I didn't feel like I was muscling through the film, but I felt just a pit, especially with the the freaking Palpatine thing, just a pit in my stomach and a pit in, in my stomach that's, that lived for like the following year after that movie. I was like, no matter how much, how I was like, oh, like that lightsaber at the end was cool. Even with all the stuff that I wanted to say was cool, I, I was like pretty devastated at the idea that they not only U-turned and retconned Last Jedi, I was like, they like, I, I, I'm at the point now where I don't let it taint this movie, but I was like, they just tainted like one of yeah. one of my favorite films of like the past like 10 years. Like not not in like a gatekeeper way, but just I'm like, they just like amazing piece of art. They not only shot themselves in the foot, they shot that movie in the foot as well. And that is right. like, I was like, even if there are cool Star Wars things, I was like, this is one of the most like reprehensible things that like yeah. I've ever seen. Like I, like, I, which is where I'm still at with it. I'm like, this is like this yeah. still looks better than like Quantum Mania or so many other movies. Like, oh, easily. there there is craft here, but this is 
this is one of the most like you sh- people should be in jail type of things <laughs> like like with, with, <laughs> no, with how no, they treated jail her. for a lot of people involved it's 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 crazy it's 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 crazy and like i even all and i remember even all of the last jedi haters in my life like even they couldn't stick their necks out for it like that's the thing it's like it, again the, the satisfying no one way at the most they were like oh it's cool i mean it's better than last jedi yeah but like i've even seen them kind of go quiet on those takes and i've seen people be just I've seen people convert back to the last gender because of that, like the true don't look up. Like we really had it all, didn't we? Like that. <laughs> that's exactly. Well, especially now. It, that's yeah. yeah that's exactly how it feels. It's, it's how it's going to feel watching last Jedi, I'm sure of it. But, but that was my yeah. rise of Skywalker experience. <laughs> just a, just a wet yeah. part to end that, end that freaking saga, man. And then, and then, and then it was yeah. so bleak because it's like, well, what comes next? Because I, I don't know yeah. if Disney Plus or Mando was confirmed. Like we didn't have any of that at the time. Like, Mando season was. one. Mando was yes, okay. okay. It Mando was. was confirmed, and that was like a weird, weird time. And again, it's just because no one, no one wanted wanted their movie to undergo what the last Jedi underwent. And it's like I empathize with that, not wanting your actors to get bullied, but it's like freaking grow a pair, man. It's like what they did there. It's like. Like, it was almost worse. Just make a yeah. good movie. That's 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 the only thing that matters. Make a good movie. We're trying to make a movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or make a movie. I, I know I hogged the mic a little bit there, but but Mateo, how about you? What was your what was your Rise of Skywalker experience? This is going to be interesting because I liked this movie. I think I might be the only person I know that actually really likes this movie. <laughs> um, like really likes the movie. Oh, I didn't. Because I, I, I know I'm in between you two. Like Seb's just like I want to send these people to Guantanamo Bay, and Mateo's just like, it, I want to. It's well made. It's well made. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I mean, like, <laughs> Bill Murray. Like, if I <laughs> here's the thing, like, if I had to rank it, like, I would probably put this around like Solo Rogue One tier for no, me. No, you wouldn't. Oh, Stop in a Star Wars ranking. And I know that's like evil and people will shoot me in the head for saying that. I know that. I know. I know. I know. This is like this. I feel like, yeah, like I feel like I'm at the, uh, you know, I'm yeah, testifying well before Congress in the 50s. And I'm like, yeah, here's my Communist Party card. Like, <laughs> I, did you or did you not support it? Yeah, you, 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 you gave it a three and a half on Letterbox. <laughs> the Jason Clark thing, yeah. Plenty of moral scrupulations in 42, none in 40. <laughs> <laughs> when did your moral scruples about Rise of Skywalker begin? <laughs> I mean, but like, yeah, that, that kind of was me. Like, look, and I, I as I was watching it, I'm like, Okay, he's back now, and also he's got this weird place full of cultists and a fleet. And I'm like, yeah, maybe this movie. I, like, I definitely, I definitely, as I was watching it, I was like, I kind of wish this movie was like 30 minutes longer. I, I, I wish we had more time in that first act. Like, inherently, I know these story choices like felt like kind of like cowardly, but I was like. A decent screenwriter can make up whatever bullshit they want, right? Like, you you give a decent screenwriter, like, a bit more time here, and I'm sure that, like, you could have made something cogent, and I would have bought it. But watching it, I didn't. But again, that being said, by the time we're in, like, second, second, third act territory, I was having a good time. Oh, my God. I was having a really good time. Like, 
and and that duel uh that duel uh on you know Kefbeer, the wreckage of the uh of the second death star and like mm-hmm. the waves i was like i really i kind of feel like i'm watching peak star wars right now <laughs> so <laughs> wait during what i'm sorry say that one more into the mic please i'm sorry that one, 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 yeah the duel okay so the duel oh uh, okay the, the duel the, on the typhoon lagoon the typhoon lagoon duel yeah okay yeah on the wreckage of the second death star i was like yeah this is kind of peak right now but okay that's the thing in a vacuum in a vacuum that's a that's a good fight scene that's a good fight scene i, I will say that scene. that's a that's a that's a, that's a that is I, more I, cinematic I, than so much crap we've got on disney plus maybe everything we've got on yes disney plus, not andor yes it looks it's a good fight scene. except andor except andor. at least Adam and Daisy are getting like actually blasted by the water. Yeah, you know? no, it's like real. it actually that feels real. Cool. That, that's a moment where it's like, oh, Abrams had a cool idea. It's like, yeah, it's a good, it's like good like physical performances too. But yeah, without getting too much into it, uh, into like the details, I, yeah, I did like, I did like it. I was like, I walked out and I'm like, if I had, if I was writing the story, if we had the story, I think probably would have done a few things, maybe many things different. But yes. I was, I was like, this is like still like an, this is still like a, as just a visual product. Mm-hmm. It, I was entertained by it, and I and I liked it, and I and I have not, re- I don't think I've revisited the movie in full since then. I haven't either. I haven't either. I definitely didn't have the same passion for it. I, I've like come back to it. I think I've seen it like maybe once or twice. Not very attentive watches though. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be the first time it's like an attentive watch. Like a really kind of attentive, like postscript, like note taking type of of watch of a movie. Yeah, but I I don't know I don't know where I'm gonna fall. Uh, because yeah I don't know I, I I've done a lot of work in the trenches for this movie, <laughs> like <laughs> against its against its strongest haters. I have fought for this movie. Now, now here's the thing, Mateo. I want I want to try and help you here. This movie isn't fighting for you. You might fight for it. It's not fighting for you. That's funny. That's the kind of movie you're fighting for. I know. And maybe I'll watch it and maybe it'll be like the biggest betrayal ever. I'll be like, <laughs> why was I, why did I ever believe in you? Like, I'll be like, I'll be like Syndrome taking down the poster of Mr. Incredible. <laughs> like, you can't count you can't on anyone. anybody, especially your, especially your heroes. <laughs> But you know that's that's just I I have to be honest. That's where I I stood when I watched it, and it's sure. still where I stand. Well, we appreciate your honesty. That's no, um, I, I, Mateo. I totally I totally empathize with that. Like that's yeah. I, I there's a there's a war inside of me. It, 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 it it's it's as if I just drank like some Nyquil and a Panera lemonade. Like I just an internal war. Just like my I don't know. What to, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in, in, in between you two. But I was just gonna say it's just funny because where like. We'll say my like last Jedi hater kind of friends, like where they're at is that like where they started to bump on this movie, it was kind of like like okay, like I guess a win's a win moment. It's like where where they bumped weren't even like narrative choices. It was just like it, it was another kind of like plot hole confirmation by itself. Like they're like they like lost their minds that like Ray held up the dagger and like went to the Death Star and all like and I'm like, I get it, like like it's convenient and it's lazily written, but like I mean, oh, there are bigger plot holes in the other films, and it's also like it's There's Star Wars. Like, I'm not really losing. I'm not losing sleep that Ray walked up to the perfect spot. Like again, it's like oh, the Force no. guides her. It's like I, I don't really care about that. The problem with something like that yeah. is that it's just kind of like a boring MacGuffin from, from what I remember, and it's, it's not really interestingly used. 
that is not no. like the problem with this film. Like, I don't think our conversations can be no. much about like plot contrivances. It's just like I'm not even gonna bad character writing like, is where we're going wrong with this film. Yeah. Yes. Like John Boyega's character, like Finn, or like oh, how they like, use Lando, or like how they structure the entire second and third acts. Look, Finn gets introduced to yelling Ray again. Yeah. To the point where John Boyega is even calling him out, like on social media, like that's all I did. Yeah, and then you they're know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Bo Yang is actually like such a talented actor. Like, you watch him in other stuff, and it's like, whoa, he's good, good. And like, and uh, yeah, we can, that's a whole other combo. What were you going to say right. before that? All right. I was just going to say, like, my reaction coming out of the film was uh, almost disbelief, like, how much I hated the film. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Like, because I don't think I've really ever had like negative thoughts towards the Star Wars product. Like, I, I am a very, I try to be a very positive person. I even Honestly, tweeted yeah. going into the film, yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I want to love this movie. Like, I, yeah. I, like, I, like, I don't know what the reviews are. I haven't looked at them, but I want to love it. And I, 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 cut, I came out and I, it, it hurt me because I was with my family. We had gotten these like VIP passes to this really special screening. Yeah. And, like they were they were actually pretty positive on it and they asked me and i like i couldn't lie to them i was like i hated it like i <laughs> like i it, it actually hurt yeah. me to like say those words yeah and so um i rewatched it that one time chris knows about this it was like late at, like on like a tuesday night or Bloody. something and i like texted chris i was like, that's where the review came up that where i talked about it. i was like this isn't a real movie like all yeah. this stuff like I, I i can't say i'm excited to rewatch that movie but at the same time, I I need to. I, I'm trying to look at the big picture of like everything, and then try maybe see like some merits in there where some people were trying within a mess, you know, all these things that, and I, I want to give that a chance. Um, so I don't know. In in the end, like, it's such a bummer that this is the last Star Wars film that we have. You know, like it's lit. Uh, yes, dude, it's an awful taste in our mouths. I love this with like, I and like. Uh, and I remember just as a I guess some personal anecdote. This was the first, oh yeah, I guess the first Star Wars film that came out when like after I joined the film club. You know, it was like the first like yeah. semester of me being in the film club. And I remember it's like it was the people I saw it with were kind of like that was pretty fun. And then I opened up Letterbox and it was like Nick Seb, everyone gave me like one and a halfs and twos. And I was like, this, I was like this, 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 this feels about right. Uh, I was like, that yeah, we're not gonna talk about this when we come back in the uh, spring. <laughs> and also, I just would. I just want to mention oh, our, our guest on Covenant Prometheus Owen. He like did like a, a sequel rewatch recently. Like he lost the Last Jedi. He, I think he gave it like five stars, and he was like, "This is it." He was like, "We was like we have peaked as a human race." And then he watched the Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> and, he, and he just goes, "Maybe we shouldn't be allowed to make movies anymore." <laughs> just like, he's like maybe he gave it he gave it half a star, and then Mateo in the comments goes. <laughs> <laughs> Goes, this is my 911. Oh my god. Like like all the movies. Uh, oh, Owen Owen is like such a like is like a very like kind of lax, like generous like reviewer. And so when he gives a movie half a star, it's like oh he hates he hates like that God, I'm crying. That's so funny. <sighs> Broke my heart. I mean, it's just, and that's where we're at. And yeah, right. It's the one I'm like least looking forward to rewatching, but maybe most fascinated with with, with where I land on it. Because especially no, again, honestly, in a post Disney Plus world, in a post like Book of Boba Fett, you know, 
Kenobi world. It's like, where am I going to land? Like, and, I truly and maybe don't to put a pin on. Yeah, maybe it put a pin on this. Do y'all? And I have a question here. Like, do y'all think this movie was infinitely doomed? Like after last Jedi came out, like that's a, that's any a great question. This, you know, like what was it ever going to succeed? In any I, I think I like, think unless you have like obviously like Denise Villeneuve come like directing it, like, <laughs> like take yeah, if, if it was Chris Nolan's The Rise of Skywalker, I'm sure I'm sure people would have had even supported it. I'll put it this way: I think in a yeah. lot of ways it's like maybe in a lot of ways it was a lose lose, and it's like it, it maybe there was in the moment in 2019 there was no right decision, but I think if you just make sure. it with thematic narrative and artistic integrity it eventually would have it eventually they the thing the thing about this film is that they the way it's made it i don't know what i'm looking for but like it completely it's it's getting in its own way and it's preventing itself from ever being reclaimed because of i think of the way it's written because because of how because of the lack of the lack of a narrative narrative integrity with which it was made um and maybe it will age well in, in the way of just like like we said it's like oh man they're blasting them with real with real water like this isn't volume tech like this thing looks and, feels, <laughs> and, and this thing looks practical like this thing looks and feels good you know like this this feels maybe we'll be like this does at least feel more like star wars than a lot of other stuff we've gotten but like it's it, its ceiling is so capped because of yeah. the lack of imagination with which it was it was written right so yeah i think that's that's about where I'm. I mean, on. you think about like, you think about the story about uh, Adam Driver delivering one of the big twists of the film in a closet. Like he did, <laughs> he did like ADR. like he like and, and JJ like only called him and said like like record this line on your phone of you in your closet. That's crazy, dude. That was another thing. It's this crazy. is like petty. I'm not like this. I'm not hinging any arguments on this, but it's like I'm a lost Jedi. I had a pretty brilliant decision to like. Because Adam Driver is one of the best living actors. And so when he smashes his helmet, it's cool thematically. And it's also like, now let's watch him act. And when they put the helmet back on, it's like, it's just a weird thing to have one of your best living actors have to act through a mask all movie. You know, eventually he does take it off. But I'm like, that's just like, that's just a bad right. filmmaking choice. Too. They, I don't know. They put it back together and you're like, why? <laughs> that's, li- li- that's almost symbolic for the movie. Them trying to literally put the pieces back together. Genuinely. Like, it didn't need Great to point. put it back together in that way. Man, point. Just to answer Seb's question, like I think the world where this movie, like maybe its legacy would have been rescued, is the world where, and, and this has happened two times now. This this will actually happen forever. Every time that there's a chance for Ryan Johnson to make a good Star Wars movie, he's going to make another Knives Out sequel. <laughs> um, the world where Knives Out doesn't exist, and he makes Rise of Skywalker oh. instead. Oh yeah. Oh no. That absolutely. could be special. Whoa, that could have been. Special. Oh no, I fully Whoa. agree. What? I because he would have, he would have, no one would have continued the Last Jedi thematically better than him. And even if it was hated yeah. again in the moment, it would because I'm, I, I'm seeing It'd slight Last Jedi reclamation. It, I, the chances it would have been reclaimed. I can say that for a fact. People, yeah, okay, not reclaim sounds bad. That it's like a prequel. It, nobody liked it. The haters would have come around. I'll put it that way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Agreed. We, so it, we know it would have been good from the get go, but the haters would have come around. I was going to say, new question though. So would you have Ryan Johnson's Rise of Skywalker or Knives Out? Ryan Johnson's Rise of Skywalker. You know, like, I'm going to be honest. I love Knives Out yeah. and I love Glass Onion. I would take his Rise of Skywalker. I think yeah. every time. I'm, I mean, that's that. That's probably like. I feel like evil for saying that I want like a ninth movie 
in a franchise <laughs> yeah. over an original story, but good point. But yeah, but I kind of do want that ninth movie really bad. <laughs> I think, like, dude, like, I life in the industry would be like, I can't be think better. about that. I, th- I think life might actually be a little bit better if we, if we yeah. got that. Just overall, quality of life for everybody would be a little bit better. <laughs> I'm so fascinated by something you once said, Mateo, about Rise of Skywalker, when you were like, the thing is, is that I think J.J. Abrams got to make the movie he wanted to make, which I think is really, really interesting. And like, which is like, you're like, I think it was a less scared studio, and this is what Abrams wanted, and that haunts me. That as, as someone like who, who as someone who does pro bono work for J.J. Abrams, and I'm like, you don't accidentally make like something as successful as Force Awakens and have everyone fall in love with with the franchise and these new characters. But he also like if he's as responsible for as Rise of Skywalker as you say. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say though. I also do pro bono work for JJ Abrams, and uh I kind of like it. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I think he, I think it was I think yes, you're right. That was kind of his idea, and he made something fun. I enjoy it. Sue me. I will. <laughs> 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 maybe maybe after this maybe after this i'm gonna be like Take your mail i'm gonna call my lawyers just like stop stop all public comments and just go <laughs> just try to get the best settlement that i can because i know i'll lose in court <laughs> i'm gonna have to redact I'm Mateo all, tearing, I do not down, tearing down the poster like syndrome is the funniest thing i can't stop thinking that his sign jj abrams poster <laughs> <laughs> What's funny? You don't even hear like JJ going to bat for this film. Like, he's never done like a like a post like Rise of Skywalker interview. Like he, he wants to forget that movie. Could you imagine? He's just gonna be like, "Yeah, I was satisfied with my work. Like that's the best movie I was ever gonna make." Uh, uh, he hits the Tony Gilroy when he's like, "There's not a better version of this movie." Oh God, no! no, no. <laughs> it's like, what? There was? Are you sure? I, I do want to see the Eye of Webbish Bog cut, but yeah. <laughs> Apart from that. I have to. I have to drop a silly guy name every That's every Star Wars. Silly, yeah, I, yeah. I wonder if, if uh, uh, tagging Bank were cut out of this one too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any last words before we before we we rewatch these three films? I feel like I've purged a lot of negative emotion today. I feel like better as a person. This felt like a cleanse. Like guys, that Force Awakens rant. I've been that's I've been internalizing that for like. I mean, you gotta post that. Like that was legendary. <laughs> Things. I, I this has been cathartic and, and therapeutic in some ways already. And I'm I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to rewatch these films. I, I I'm genuinely excited. I mean, so, you gotta post that. Like that, that was legendary. Yeah. So that being said, we that post watch will be coming next week. This isn't. I'm not gonna cut the commercial break and come back after this. Like in this episode, we get that, another right? two hours. It will be a different. Oh my gosh, we've been we've been. God, we've been cooking on this for a while. We will be coming back next week with that post watch. So hey, hope hopefully you guys revisit these movies too with us. Because again, like that's the point of this podcast. It's like we're removed from the moment. We're removed from the expectations we had with this movie. Like come on this journey, or these right. movies in this case, come on this journey with us. And like Dylan said in the last pod, he was like, Star Wars is maybe the best franchise to watch like a year after it's come out. Like once it's like, you know, what 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 Seriously. like once once like you know, like we said, expectations are put aside. So okay. That being said, we will see you all next week. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
mother, see your princess, everything's alright, oh No job or the answer to, ain't a fixture in the palace zoo, no And since the carbonite's off me, I'm living life now that I'm free, yeah Told me to get myself together, now I got myself together